The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. sensitive snowflake that may get easily offended and turn this off immediately. If you want to hear the real truth about the gun culture, then stick around. This is the Armed Citizen Podcast. What is going on, my ghost squad? Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast Live. This is episode number 196. Today's date is, good Lord, I'm getting old, Tuesday, June 15th, 2021. We are live, as always, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on, I don't know, wherever we're live. We are live. If you're out there in the live chat, please say something. Say hello. We don't know that you're out there unless you do say something. If you have a question that you want to get answered or comment, tag myself or someone else in the chat. We'll try to get those if they're on topic. If they're not on topic, but if they're a fun question, we might get to them as well. If you want to call, yes, you can call into the show or text. Utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends over at sportsmansguide.com. That number is 530-364-4678. It's kind of scrolling right down there. If you're a veteran, really anyone, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that dark hole and you don't know where the light is or, hell, you're even questioning if there's a light there anymore, Please call me, text me, email me 24-7. I'm always here. I can't give you any medical advice, but I sure as hell can probably be a decent ear and talk you through some stuff. But if you are looking for some help to guide you towards some medical advice and all that, please remember two things. One, you're not alone. You have a lot of brothers and sisters out here that are willing and able to help. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline. 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255, the Veteran Crisis Hotline. As always, we're spotlighting the United States Marine Corps, so if you have any questions about what it takes to earn the title of the United States Marine, see the website, marines.com. And as always, we are a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network, where it's a great website where there are a lot of like-minded people. If you're pro-gun, pro-freedom, pro-2A, and you're looking for a good place to have some really good podcasts, maybe, just maybe, there's a couple people on our panel tonight that are also involved with this organization, but go check out selfdefenseradio.net. All right, enough about me to take this off of my face. We've got ourselves a crew tonight. Um, glad to have a lot of people that are on here. Some people... Most people have been on here before, except for a couple of newcomers. We're great, great, really appreciate to have them on. Let's kind of run through the panel real quick. And I'm going to start with the uh, the guy that's kind of down there, the tactical virus down there. What is that? Uh, the Leprechaun Part Four. What's up, Clove? Hello, Ghost. Longtime listener, first time panelist. Happy yeah, to be right. here. He's damn near our quasi co-host at this point. I think you've been on 194 of the 196 is probably. I, I, I guess. Know. Almost wasn't tonight. Right before you went live, my internet just blipped out on me. Weird. I thought I thought Tony kicks you out. I'm just saying. I thought he just had enough of you. Said is, there, is there a weight limit on this show? I'm just just curious. Oh snap! Oh snap! Shots fired. I mean, when you got pound for pound, right? This the the the, the biggest and the sexiest firearm instructor in America. Well, hell, let's and, and go. I think, and I think I think he carries Planet Lovetron on his shoulders too. So that's even more weight. He does. He does. Uh, we're going to go to our next one, our good buddy from Ohio, 
the um, the host of the Ride of the People podcast and founder of Budget Guns and Gear Reviews, possibly a new name coming down the line. Uh, Mike from Ohio. Mike, if for people out there that might be new to the show, new to the channel, tell people who you are real quick. Hi, thanks for the invite. First off, uh, I'm Mike with Budget Guns and Gear Reviews. Currently, in the near future, it'll be a name changed to MK Outdoor Journal. Uh, but we'll talk about that on another show. Uh, like Trey said, every Friday, uh, currently on Budget Guns and Gear Reviews, I do a uh, podcast called The Right of the People, where we use the first to defend the second. Talk about uh, 2A-related politics news, current events. Go check that out if you like. It's at 7 p.m. Eastern. There you go. It's one of my favorite podcasts of the week. It uh, dives into some really fun stuff. But, uh, yeah, thanks for going on, buddy. Um, the pound for pound largest and sexiest firearm instructor in America and a fellow devil dog from the great. Well, I don't know if it's a great state. We'll tell you. It, it could be the great state of New Jersey, but maybe not. He <laughs> is the founder of Diversity Shoot, the host of the 2A for Everyone podcast amongst a lot of different things. Our good friend Tony Simon. What's up, Tony? Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. Oorah. And yes, I am the largest pound for pound firearms instructor in America. I'm also the largest pound for pound gun bunny in America. No, that's that what I am. True. Yeah. Yeah, I, that is true. Now, Clover's will see his agent didn't do a good job. He's he's talking to me in the back chat saying that my scrolling banner is cutting off part of his screen. And people, that is not an avatar. That's actually what Clover looks like. So I'm sorry, your agent, he screwed up. My bad. Well, well have, technically, we'll to... your self-defense thing is cutting off the, you and Budget and Tony's screen a little bit, I think, too. So It's just making me look taller, bro. I need all the help I can get. Well, that's just true. But but your your do, man, we can't see your glorious do. It's cutting part oh, of it off. Do. Yeah, my yeah. do is yeah. it's getting grayer, man. It's getting gray. You know, Tony's just jealous. I've got flowing hair. Oh, I have flowing hair too, but hey, hey, I hope hey. that Asian is on my back now. I don't know what happened. I don't know when it happened. It, it, it just moved from here and it migrated. It flowed so we too far. Talking. You should have restricted the flow at some point, man. <laughs> we were talking before the chat started that Tony's the only one that can get away with the Hawaiian floral pattern. It actually looks good on you, bro. It looks good on you. It looks like a moo moo. I don't care. I wanted to trigger people. <laughs> if you're triggered by my shirt, you should see the size of my belt. Trust me, I have plenty to piss you off about if you're worried about my wardrobe. <laughs> oh, All right, moving on. Moving right along. <laughs> moving right along. Uh, from he's not from there, but he is now living in a much better place. The great my hometown, Dallas, Texas. Um, author of some of the best books you're going to find out there that are two-way, whether it's kids' books, joke books, straight-up two-way books. But he just released a book in the last few days that um, I'm starting to question whether he's two-way or not. He, he I, You know what? I'm just going to bring in the Pew Pew Jew Yehuda. I think you got some explaining to do, just saying. Well, you tell me when, we, when you want me to explain myself. I'll... More than happy to uh, defend my positions on common sense gun law, and um, you just you just let me know when, and I'll, I'm there. I'm gonna bring in um, our next two, and then I'll I'll let you go with that. But uh, no, I'm excited to have the next two one. I want to bring them in one at a time. 
Um, they're used to being kind of together on a podcast, but uh, it's nice to have them both here. One of my favorite podcasts out there, guys. If you haven't seen uh, Locked and Little Latinos on Sunday nights, you're missing out. It's a phenomenal podcast. Um, it's one of those where if I'm not able to get it live, I'm definitely listening to it the next day. So um, let's bring in Joe first. Uh, she goes by Latina Locked and Loaded. Uh, what's up, Joe? How you doing? Hey, how you doing, Trey? Good. Welcome to the uh, dark side. You know, we're, we're uh, you're never going to be the same. I promise you. I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but you're never going to be the same. Glad to be here. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming in. And the Puerto Rican Pistolero, the other half of the Latina, uh, the loaded, locked and loaded Latinos. What's the up, better bro? half. <laughs> no. See, I don't. I think you're going to find most people disagree with that. I'm just saying. <laughs> I would I would disagree with it too. How, how's it going, everyone? <laughs> Thanks for having me on trade. It's uh, it's yeah. great to be here. Yeah, you guys. Uh, so people that might not know who you guys are, uh, between the two of you guys, want to kind of do your little elevator speech and kind of tell people what you guys do, where you are, and all that stuff. Sure. Uh, yeah, we're. Uh, if you can't tell, we're a husband and wife uh, Second Amendment advocacy team. I'm Puerto Rican. My wife is half Dominican, half Colombian. Uh, and we live in South Florida, uh, just, you know, in between Miami and Fort Lauderdale area. And we got into advocacy right after the, uh, Parkland, uh, shooting and pretty much how the, uh, how the legislation here changed and kind of showed us that it didn't really matter what political party, uh, was in charge. Gun control was always on the menu. So we got into advocacy and somehow more than two years later we've got a podcast and we've done a lot of cool stuff so you guys have hit the ground running and like i said it's a phenomenal podcast and you guys did you just jumped in the deep end and said i don't know if we can swim or not but we're sure we're going to try and i think you guys are uh very refreshing new if you want to call them newcomers to uh, the community and all that great great guy then and like i said great podcast and all that you're doing a lot of stuff joe you were um out and about a month or so ago with a bunch of ladies. You want to talk maybe about what you guys were doing? Uh, you're talking about Ambassador Academy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I guess I am a member of the DC Project. Um, and I'm in Florida, so we have Shirley Wattrell as our stage director. And uh, Diana Muller has a five-day... I felt like a, a real like I felt like going to camp, honestly. Um, day uh, five day event where you're at Waft, which is the West Orlando Firearms Training Facility. I may have butchered that a little bit, uh, and it's it's basically like a camp for becoming an advocate or bettering yourself as an advocate, um, learning to talk on camera you know, because it becomes very difficult when you are like, let's say you are on local news, someone decides that you are going to be an expert. Um, they might say, hey, can you come on and give us, you know, your opinion on this legislation that that's going to be, you know, up for um, for a vote or whatever. And then they kind of two time you or they, they kind of like, ha, you know, try to get you. So it's really important to kind of train yourself, learn how to talk on camera be careful not to get yourself tongue-tied. Um, so that was a big aspect of it. But then we also had some time on the range. We had the Michelix teaching us. Uh, Jerry was actually a surprise. I, guess, that, <laughs> I guess that'd be fun. Right? <laughs> 
and we had some um, force on force training. So I got to uh, shoot some munitions, which was definitely an experience. So was that your first time with some munitions? Yes, it was. <laughs> uh, how, how bad did you bruise up? I, you know, it's funny because we had part of the thing is that you get like headshots and professional photography so you can use on your, you know, advocacy stuff. So they did that. Um, my photography session was after. So it was like, so it was like suggestion box. It's like, do uh, simulation trainings after the photography. Because <laughs> I was so like, like, like actively bleeding sleep. on my arm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> all good. Well, like I guess that, that's not, I saw some coverage of that and it looked pretty awesome. Quick question for the ladies out there. Is that something that anyone can go or is that something only for the D.C. project people? No, no, definitely uh, not just for the D.C. project at all. Um, we had a ton of people there that weren't. There was a lot of guys there. Uh, Mike Waller, uh, senior from MJ Spy Arms, was there. Maj Touré was there. Um, we had some competition shooters there. So it, it was basically if even if you're not in the dc project or not a woman it's just a great event to you know if you're looking towards advocacy or if you're a competition shooter and you want to learn how to like up your game get more branding like you can just kind of use those lessons in any of your particular whatever your your i guess your direction is i hate to use the term in the industry since Someone told me I use that term too much, but apparently uh, on Sunday's show, I said the word community too much. So I don't know what to call it. The two A world, the gun world, um, whatever your focus is, um, it kind of has a, an avenue for you to learn something. Yeah, our, our good friend Jesse out there, Gunpowder Beauty, that might be, I mean, that's something that I can see that'd be right up her alley. So, and I know there's other ladies out there. Clover's wife is, is involved in all that stuff. So there might be some people that maybe not know have known about it. that's why I want to bring that up because that, that might be something for people to get involved in. I like the fact they had Maj there because Maj has obviously has a lot of experience being on uh, network TV and stuff. And, and Maj says he never seems to get tripped up. He never seems to, they try to, they try to get him twisted and he's always right there with it. So uh, Maj would be a good one. You just go back some and watch his clips and that's kind of how you, you go after them. You want to try something? Hey, you know, I know what you're trying to do. I want to flip the script on you. So uh, he's really good at that as well. So, yeah, um, tonight's going to be fun, guys, because for me, you know, I've been talking with Clover about this and all that. And, you know, I, I think our community and, and I use the word community quite a bit, too, Joe. So don't feel too bad. I probably I don't know if I say it too much or not, but that's what I like to think that we are, whether our, we are or not, is something to be debated but I think that uh, our community, especially within the social media realms and, and all of that, you know, there's always there's always some kind of infighting. There's always some bickering. There's always the clicks and there's always this, that and the other. But it seems to have gone crazy the last year. Or so maybe it's because people were stuck at home and and felt like maybe some of their freedoms were taken away for a year. Or so just a lot of frustration. But, you know, there's always that two way activist versus a two-way advocate or a gun advocate and you know people saying oh you're not two-way enough or you know you're too you're too two-way which i don't know if you can be too two-way but i wanted to bring some people in that are actual activists because i 100 do not think i'm anywhere near an activist I'm an, I'm I'm an advocate and i don't have the patience nor the personality probably to be an activist because i'd probably be thrown in jail um I, I have a little bit of a temper at times i don't have patience for people that's just the way I am. 
Um, but I let the I let the people that are good at like Roe and Joe and, and obviously Tony and Yehuda um, do the activism side. And, and before we get going into all that, I do want to give a few minutes for Yehuda to uh, <laughs> explain how he is no longer amongst the Mount Rushmore of two way activists because he's betrayed us all. Yeah. So. Uh... Wow, what a what a what a introduction me under the bus. So um if anyone has been following me for the last Did week you? what was that? Oh if anyone's been following me for the last week, I have built up and teased a new book that I just released this past Sunday. Um after claiming that I was anti-gun, and after building up this, this, I, I don't even know the right word, but building up this whole persona of did the Pew Pew Jew sell out to gun rights um, or sell out the Second Amendment and compromise, I released this book. And it's called Bullet Points, Reasons Why America Should Embrace Common Sense Gun Law. And when I first announced it, it was, and this is a great segue. When I first announced it and showed the cover of the book, um, people were freaking out. I mean, people were, were absolutely losing their minds. Um, I was called a traitor, a turncoat, redcoat. Um, I was, I mean, you, you name it. Um, but then people realized that this book, there we go. Uh, reasons why America should embrace common sense gun law. This book is 13 chapters, and I'll just quickly show you. Right, you actually have. Right, hold on. Uh, there we go. You have 13 chapters, and then the book is empty. There are no reasons why America should embrace common sense gun law. So this literally is my latest book, and and it was fantastic because. The day after I released that, so I guess yesterday, I put up a poll on Instagram, and the poll was, now that you know what the book is, do you still think I sold out on, you know, did I, did I compromise on 2A? Shockingly, 17% of people still, still. say yes. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and it was mind-blowing because it's like, literally, the book is blank, and, and if you go to either Amazon or my website to where... Um, you can read the description of the book. It clearly says 220 pages, 349 word count. The book is mostly blank. And um, people were just freaking out. But um, a lot of people reached out to me and they're like, hey, you totally got us king of the trolls right now. And um, it's been a great uh, two days just getting that book out there. Yeah. I, I put your link out there. It's Yehuda Rimmer.com and uh, a lot of great books. My book and Yehuda knows this. Um, my favorite book of his is 27 words. And it's one of those that if you've never written, read, read that book before and you want to understand what's going on um, with the second amendment, 27 words is a great, one, but what I love about it is, is you've done joke books. You've done, safety books, a coloring book for kids, um, ABCs. I mean, these are books that are family friendly, no matter which one you're reading. And, and that's a great thing because I like the fact that you've taken the responsibility of 
let's educate us, but let's also utilize, we can also educate the next generation and uh, we can all learn together reading the same book. So that's, that's a wonderful thing. Um, yeah. But yes, I think that the idea of the blank, but that's a book that I could get down with. Everyone knows I'm not very smart. I eat crayons for lunch. I can read a wordless book. I'm in, I'm in. So uh, no, I want an autographed copy next time I see you. I'm just saying. Yep. Uh, we can, we can definitely arrange that. I think you're actually, you're actually, you're, when you're, you're selling them autograph, you're, you're selling. Yeah. Autograph, yeah. I posted, on. I posted the link right above there. Um, it's on the Pew Pew Jew website. You can get signed copies on my website or you can get, go to Amazon. Uh, if you don't think my Herbie Hancock's worth all of $8. Herbie Hancock, wasn't he like uh Yes, oh, come on. Jesus, I, I no thought one, it was great. So I thought it was, was great, Yehuda. <clears throat> of course, the guy who can read a blank book, but he still wouldn't be able to comprehend it, didn't get the joke. <laughs> no, I understand that Herbie Hancock and the John Hancock. Like I said, I'm not that dumb. I'm just making sure I'm glad that Herbie Hancock was Axel Left, right? The musician guy, right? Herbie Hancock, right? I'm not that mm -hmm. dumb. Yeah, you it's know, a reference Joe, to one of my favorite Joe movies. Joe were like, "Who the hell is Herbie Hancock? This guy's like back in the eighties. They weren't even they weren't even a thought of mom and dad yet, you know." What was the movie? Well, they, uh, Tommy it Boy. Hills Cop. Okay. He's uh Chris Farley sitting there filling out uh his final exam in college, and it goes, "Who was the first person to write the to sign their name on the uh, Declaration of Independence?" And he yeah. goes, he, "He's sitting there. He goes." <laughs> Herbie Hancock. So, <laughs> I it's, thought it was literally was cop too, but yeah. Oh no, literally one of my favorite scenes in movie history. Just as someone who's like loves America and and knows about the founding fathers, that scene just makes me crack up every time. Yeah. All right, let's bring in Tony real quick and, and, and kind of get serious. But I mean, it, it's a serious topic. But we like to have fun and, and all that. But. You know, talk about someone who's out there literally going across the country doing 2A activism. And we all know that there's a ton of money in 2A, a ton of money in 2A activism. He's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain, obviously explain Diversity Shoot, but explain how the concept of that came about? Diversity Shoot concept came about um, 2012. Uh, the shooting at fill in the blank. I think it was San Sandy Hill, right? It was the elementary school. Sandy Hook, um, yeah. Sandy Hook, sorry, Sandy Hook so. Elementary. <clears throat> I, I I remember the day it happened, and I'd gotten my training certificates and already certification. I wanted to train people, and that happened. And then I think Jersey had over eighty six anti gun laws the next day, so I decided to write a letter, and that was my first activism. And then I decided to testify. I took the day off, went to testify, and by then I'd been training people. And I saw no black people, no Hispanic people. I was the only person there that was pro-gun that was of any race outside of white middle-aged person. And I called all the groups I'd worked with and I was like, hey, do we have a program to introduce black people into the advocacy side of the Second Amendment? I mean, I know they're black gun owners. Like, how can we tell them to come here because our impact would have made a difference this day? And everyone said no, and we don't know how to do it. So I talked to my friend. He was like, dude, why don't you start something? So eventually I did a gun for higher range. And what it was was come down February of 2015, come to the event. And what we'll do is talk to you about um, Second Amendment, how to become an advocate, 
how to get your firearms ID card and purchase a gun in Jersey. Four people showed up two hours late and uh, it was what it was. And I was totally embarrassed because I thought more people would come because, you know, Facebook invites, they said they'd come. So that's how the diversity shoot started. I wanted to quit because I thought I'd embarrass myself and just wasted the time of the range, gun for higher range, but a classroom. And he says, no, you're not quitting. You're going to keep doing it until his classroom is packed. And that's what we did. Um, I've been doing that since 2015. And then COVID hit and they shut down all the ranges in New Jersey because our governor's a piece of crap. And it took months for them to open back up. And in that time, uh, the Heritage Guild and Eastern PA reached out and said, we'd love for you to host here. PA is open. So I started hosting there every month. And then I come back to Jersey and I got a new range called Recoil Range that opened up after the quarantine. So they weren't covered by it, but they were brand new and no one knew them. So now I'm doing diversity shoots. From I've gone from once every other month to two a month um, in less than a year during COVID shutdown. We just went out to train and learn event in St. Louis, and I was one of the six speakers they have there. And my whole thing, uh, my hour long, I guess, syllabus was about uh, two way advocacy. And we did that three times in a row, which was crazy, but it was awesome. And yeah. soon, hopefully, I'll be going out to Omaha uh, with the guys in mm-hmm. Nebraska, and I'll be doing a diversity shoot out there at the end of July. So it's grown quickly. I'm an overnight success. Only took six years. Yeah. Um, if someone wants to host a diversity shoot, I mean, is it you? You'll you will travel, won't you? I mean, you'll go if someone's not. It's not a planned event. If someone wants to bring you in, how do they get in contact with you and all that stuff? We'll do that. Tony, yeah. People that are here right now. But also, I forgot. Um, and also, I started the Secondness for Everyone podcast. Because we had, you know, limited number of people that come to the events, but I wanted to break down stuff. I wanted to talk about legislation. I wanted to talk about gear and the gun culture. Just like I'm talking to new people or people that might just have purchased a gun but are not in the guns, they can listen to my podcast and get at least my opinion, my learned opinion on this stuff. And that's what that's what I did. And it's one of the best weekly podcasts that come out once a month that you've ever heard. <laughs> See, hey, I'm smart to catch that one too. Tony, can I can I throw you under the bus for a second? <laughs> See, he knows where, he knows where I'm going with this already. Just saying, just saying. Uh t- Tony, I have been Tony has been telling me he will have me on his podcast for about four Six. years. Going on four <laughs> years now. And I, I have yet to be on Tony's podcast. One. You will be on my podcast. I told you you will. And there's no reason for you to keep reminding me every six months about it. <laughs> you know what y'all should do is like next year at SHOT Show, just go find a corner and just cl- just like do a 10-minute clip and about every once a month, just play that. So he's on there about once a month, once every two months. He's always on there. So well, we tried that with uh, Clover, remember? And uh, Clover never played me once, but I'm just saying I'm not heard about it though. Oh, he played you. He just didn't play your life. <laughs> don't hate the don't hate the player. Hate the game, bro. What game? You don't make the height limitation of any game. 
Hey, hey, <laughs> we, have, we, we have more fun in our lives. We get to repel from our vehicles. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it. Do that. Y'all heard it right now. Big Tony just discriminated against people that can <laughs> enter the Special Olympics. That's not fair, Tony. Yeah, through the doggy door. Oh, God. <laughs> I resemble that comment. You stop that. Hey, ho. Hi, ho. Hi, ho. Hi, ho. Hi, ho. Good Lord, it's going down the track. The sound hey, of your hey. people. The hey, sound hey, of Tony. your people. Well, at least you use the, the, the small people that actually work for a living, right? Hey, remember, Tony, I told you that story. Uh, my old man told me that when you're short playing basketball, you just tell everyone else you can't guard you can't guard what you can't see. Nice. True. Mm-hmm. I'm just busting chops. Love these guys. All right, let's bring in Mike here. Uh, Mike might actually take this back onto the rails a little bit. Uh, you started the the uh, Ride the People podcast, obviously for a reason, and you kind of got it away from your content creation of guns, gear, and all that. What kind of brought you to the terms? Hey, I want to do a weekly podcast. Where we talk literal two way stuff. Well, you know, I, I I watch YouTube, obviously. You know, I think pretty much everybody that is a content creator is also a consumer. And when I started my channel, I knew I wanted to, you know, I, I do a lot of outdoors stuff as well, but I knew I wanted to do some gun stuff. And it occurred to me that if I'm going to be on YouTube I'm doing gun stuff and eventually, you know, making a little money off of it, I should probably talk about and defend the things that I'm showing on my videos. You know, I would see a lot of these YouTubers who, you know, they'll show the latest whiz bang gadget, awesome gun that everybody wants and has, but they say zero, nothing, not a single solitary syllable about the second amendment, about the underpinnings of what they're doing, about the philosophy behind it, about the, the constitutional aspects of it. They say nothing about the legislation that anti-gunners or even pro-gun legislation that's coming down the pike. And I decided I wasn't going to be like that. I decided that I was going to do my part by at the very least letting people know what's going on. So that that's why I started the right of the people. Yeah. It's, and it's great when you, um, you have a segment, you have a couple of great segments that you always do that, you know, you, you have, but the best one is the, the wound out, the wound up some bitch of the week, and uh, more on of the week. Uh, more on of the week. week. Wound up some bitch. That's, that's, that's pancake boy. Up. Yeah, yeah, no. More on of the week, and that's that. That's get some great ones where it's it's the basic same players every week. They're always going to open their mouths and say something stupid, but um, yeah, yeah, that's a fun one. Uh, My favorite the self defense shout outs. The self-defense shoutouts, I love that because phone who's who's one of the big missions is, is concealed carry and all of that. Um, I love that because it brings to light because so many people talk about the statistics. What they don't talk about are the lives that are saved because of yep. firearms as well. And I think that that's, that brings it to light because even, even in like a place like Arkansas where we are very, very pro-gun and very gun-friendly, even our media doesn't cover a lot of that stuff where we, we joke around here that, you know, if you don't get 85% on gun legislation in the house, uh, something's wrong. Because even the liberals own guns here in Arkansas. 
Um, but even the, the media doesn't cover anything. So it, it's nice to see that there's a lot of people out there still doing that. That's why I we decided to do it. Yeah, there's a lot of new people that are coming to the chat, so welcome. There's some names I don't rec uh, recognize, so if you guys have seen they're new, let us know where you're from. We'll try to give you a shout-out. More importantly, if you have a question or a comment, especially for our panel, tag myself or one of us, and we'll try to get to those questions. Uh, you can call in or text in, and we'll get those. Uh, obviously, if you call in, we have to answer the phone, uh, but if you text in, we'll get those answered. But um I uh, just want to say thank you. We had earlier, the, the chat was going, so I didn't get a chance to put it up. Uh, Ricardo out there, we call him Lucy, uh, did a $5 super chat. And on this channel, we do not uh, ask for them. We don't even encourage them. But if you feel like you want to do a super chat, know on this channel, all super chats go towards uh, sending care packages to our troops overseas. So uh, I, don't, I don't see a dime of that. I actually will cover what YouTube takes out for their side of it. I'll match that to where 100% of your donation is going to go towards sending care packages to our troops downrange. So, um, yeah, but thank you to uh, Ricardo for doing that. Like I said, we're not asking for him. To let you know if you do that, I don't see it. So, uh, but thank you. I'm sure our guys and gals overseas will thank you as well. I want to bring Clover in because, you know, Clover is one of those, and I, I've been joking with Clover that uh, I, I know that budget's getting ready to go through a possible rebranding and name change. I'm already working um, with Clover's and, and Clover's new name since he's all of a sudden become two way like enlightened with Texas. Um, he's going to be Clover B and Gadget. So I've got a whole new thing going on. He's going to be the Texas two way guy. So he's going to be the premier source for Texas two way. But uh, no, Clover, you, you decided to that no one else was really doing anything with the constitutional carry down there in Texas. And I know that um you're re you're ready for it to be over with but i mean it's been a fun ride because you have been introduced to a lot of new people a lot of new people have been introduced to you because of the two-way stuff so from the content creation side um you know for someone that wasn't you know you you always done two-way stuff but you really dove into the texas constitutional constitutional carry mm -hmm. what has that ride been like for the last month or so it's been crazy it's been busy it's been it's been good and it's been bad you know, if you do something like that, throw all your cards on the table with something like that, you quickly, you quickly see, unfortunately, you see the negative that's out there. So many people have a defeatist negative attitude and, and, and it's not always even clear, right? We've got the, the people that, that since day one have said, has said, Oh, governor Abbott's not going to sign that. It's not going to get through. He's not every step of the way. Right. It was something It was not going to happen. It was not going to happen. It was not going to happen. And it's like, we've been covering this. We've been covering every spoken word that's happened in the, you know, down in Austin on this. It's like, how, how, where are you coming up with that? Right. And it's just this beat down defeatist attitude. And what was interesting, if you followed this process is we've seen that with the Democrats, because uh, of pretty much party lines. And that's the only reason I say Democrats. Um, pretty much everything was along party lines. There was six or seven Democrats in the House that, that went over. Um, but, you know, the Democrats are the one that got up and, and spoke against it, obviously. Right. And they had that defeatist attitude, the words they used, right? Their demeanor, you know, the crocodile tears, the whatever. Um, and, it's like, and it's like you see that and then you see that reflected in people that are supposed to be on our side of things. Right. And you're like, why? Why do you? Because first of all, I think that's a problem that we have when we don't 
acknowledge the wins and celebrate the wins, however small. Uh, we 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 get that, you know, we get three yards, we get four yards. Good Lord, we get a first down, right? To put it in, in football terms, which I like to use. Celebrate that. Do the fans not cheer, right? When the ball crosses the line of scrimmage, no matter how far it goes, do they do they typically not cheer if you're moving the ball forward? And especially if you get a first down, well, of course they do, right? Because you're you're moving those efforts forward. And so it it aggravates me when people are like they they call the game in the first quarter, right? On things. It's just ridiculous. And then they double down and then they triple down and then they quadruple down, right? Because they dug themselves into that hole and they uh, to make themselves feel better. I don't know. I don't know the mentality, but we got to get over that because yeah. when we talk about the influx of new firearm owners that come in and we want to talk to them about, I think, first of all, and I'm sure we'll get to it. I think, first of all, we have to ease them toward that. I think it can be scary to push the two a side, our rights, our freedoms, liberty, and all of this other stuff and heap it all on them when they just purchased their first firearm because they were scared because they were riots in their city or something. Right. Um, I think we got to be careful with that and we got to get them to maybe the uh, appreciating the firearm stage, right? Maybe the even enjoying going to the range stage and, and where they've got a little bit of stake and something to lose from, from gun control, right? It's like, whoa, I enjoy having my, my, handgun in the nightstand and all this other stuff, but I also enjoy taking it to the range. And so what are these stupid storage and travel laws that they're trying to pass now, or I can't even do that. Now I got to keep it in my house all the time. I can't even go practice and train, which I enjoy to, you know, enjoy doing. Um, so it, it brings up and it, it moves them forward, uh, you know, that direction. Mm -hmm. But once we get to the point where we want to talk about those things, those two, eight things, I mean, who wants to who who's looking to join a losing team? I mean, seriously, I realize people love underdogs. I get that. But you know, if you've got a choice in that, you know, I've got a, the number one team in the league, you know, it's like, hey, you got a choice. You're a free agent and you got both of these teams. The number one team in the league is is looking to get you. The number in the very last team in the league is looking to get you and they're both offering the same contract, the same terms and the same money. Who are you going with? Like literally, who are you going with? Well, you're going with the winning team. So like why don't we, why don't we act like winners? Because we know that we have the fun and the freedom and the Liberty on our side, right? We are the winning team. Well, I, I get that sentiment and I think you bring up a great point and this, this is going to open up to, we're, at this point. We've kind of done our introduction. So, uh, everyone in the panel, let's just have the discussion. Like I said, we've all done this before. So, uh, you know, don't step on any toes, but respect everybody's time as well. Um, this is a, this question for the panel. What responsibility do we have as current gun owners? And, and not saying as content creators or podcast hosts or activists or whatever, just as a normal person that's a gun owner, what responsibilities do we have for the 3 million new gun owners in America in the last year? Do we have a responsibility to push them towards a certain way, or should we just let them sit back and enjoy what they have right now? You know, uh, if you don't mind, uh, yeah. what, I, what I've seen, um, it's almost become, it's almost transformed me from being an advocate to a cheerleader, right? And the reason why I say that is because I'll post things from, you know, the FPC and, and all this stuff that the ATF is trying to do, and I'll post it saying, hey, guys, get involved. And you have people who are like, oh, I'm a gun owner. What's the point of getting involved? Because it's not like 
anything we say or do is going to work. It will, you know, we're just dirt to them. We're just trash to them. So what are we going to, you know, and like, like uh, Clover was saying, such a defeatist mentality that these people who feel that the ATF is going to step on them regardless. So they're, they're not putting in the effort to defend it. So instead of being able to connect with other people who are new gun owners, I find myself constantly trying to lift the spirits of uh, old school gun owners who just are laying down. What's it laying down and dying basically giving up almost. Yeah. Basically giving up. And then they, and these are the ones that, you know, bitch and moan the most about, Hey, they're coming to take our rights. So I'm like, yeah, well, what are you doing about it? You're just, mo you know, being a baby about it. I actually get pretty frustrated and angry when those old school gun owners do that, especially if they're, you know, advocates or activists. Um, you know, I had someone, I was very excited about Texas and then they said, well, get back to me when it's New Jersey, you know? Yeah. Uh, yep. And that, that just pisses me off because it's like, I, I, I told them to their face, you, I understand where you're coming from because you've been doing this for X amount of years. You're frustrated, whatever, but you got to think about who's listening and who's on the sidelines coming in going, well, I mean, this guy's right, mate. Why am I even going to jump in? Because if it hadn't been for, you know, us going to a rally and getting all excited a couple of years ago, we wouldn't have decided to do this at all. And that'd be like one less voice or two less voices doing this. So uh, I told him, you know, if you want to be that person negative and that's your, you know, your decision, your prerogative to do that, do it behind closed doors because people are watching. You have a platform and you're actually negatively impacting the movement. Yep. Yeah. One of the other things that, um, that one of the wise words that I've heard, and uh, I heard it was actually credited to Maj is, uh, you know, a lot of times the prophet is not the one that makes it to the promised land oftentimes. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to do this knowing that, Hey, maybe your state's not going to be the one that makes it next time. But look, we even saw California with the assault weapons ban going on. So if that's possible, anything can happen and that may set a precedent. So you can, you can't say, you know, never say never. Uh, you, we've seen improvements, you know, for a while, Texas, everybody thought Texas was amazing, but they didn't have constitutional carry, and that surprised a lot of people. Uh, now they do. Uh, I think Florida is overrated where we're from, so we have to do more work uh, when it comes to that. We don't have constitutional carry, anything like that. We actually moved backwards a few years ago, and that's what got us involved. Mm -hmm. So you have to look at uh, you know the improvements that you're seeing. I, I think you've seen a huge demographic expansion too. I think the fact that you have a gun tuber culture. Uh, I know that we've, you know, brought up, uh, somebody brought up already how, you know, sometimes it's frustrating or Mike brought up how, uh, you know, you see people create content about guns, but then they don't advocate for, for the second amendment and how that can be frustrating and that there's a vacuum for that. Uh, at the same time, I look at how much gun content before I became a two-way advocate, I, I was exposed to because of the gun tubing culture, almost normalizing gun ownership. And I think that that's kind of the best thing that a, a lot of the content creators did, at least in the beginning, was they're like, owning guns is fun. Let's go out and shoot stuff. Let's show off this new gun. Uh, let's shoot targets and show off like what we can do and our skill. And it was like, this is just a really cool and fun thing to do. 
and it normalized it. Uh, obviously, you want people to be more politically active, I think, but I think that was a good uh, opening of the door. And I think we got millions of new gun owners, at least on the younger side, uh, where they're like, hey, owning guns is pretty cool. I don't understand what people are saying that they're scary because these guys over here make it seem like a lot of fun. That's a real good point. That's a real mm -hmm. good point. I think those guys act as a gateway. Yep. And, and you know, I, I think you're dead right with that. I also think that with regard to the new gun owners, that one thing we, as the quote-unquote old-school gun owners, the, the activists, the, the advocates, we have to remember that they're just because they bought a gun, they're not, not, not going to automatically be full-on, shall not be infringed. And it, it echoes what Clover said. We have to ease them into it. We cannot expect them to automatically be shall not be infringed. Yes, that's the goal, obviously. But we can't try to force them into it. And we have to remember that. I know I talk to a lot of guys that are, are again, negative about that. With, yeah, just because they bought guns doesn't mean they're pro-gun, doesn't mean they're, they're, they're pro-2A and so to hell with them. My my thought on it is, yeah, okay, they're new gun owners, but they took a first step. Let's help them take the next one. Instead I, uh, of push them away from it. I came into firearms, firearms owner, um, became a NRA uh, member in high school. The time between my first firearm purchase and me getting into advocacy is almost 20 years. To expect people that saw riots in their cities and purchased a gun because they really feared for them and, and their lives to all of a sudden become two a advocates that have never thought about a firearm before until they saw downtown on fire. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ludicrous. And the same people that are defeatists that are, I call them veteran firearms owners. Understand the NRA was boasting about having 5 million members two, three years ago. Hmm. Most veteran firearm owners aren't advocates or activists. So to them, I tell them to come to the diversity shoot so I can introduce them to 2A organizations. Um, I host, oh, hosted something in 2017, 18, and 19 called the Minuteman Challenge, which I set up to have fun build camaraderie, and use whatever firearm you have. So we had lever action 22s. We called them mechanical 22s. We had semi-auto 22s. We had AR-15. We had all semi-auto rifles. We had semi-auto pistols. We had revolver. We did it so you can crack that thing out of your basement, out of the back of your closet, out of the sock drawer, start shooting. And, of course, I may, in the three hours we're shooting at the range, having fun, sharing, you know, cold water and then having dinner after. I may have brought up 2A advocacy in the name of the groups in Jersey. That may have slipped out all damn day long. So the thing is, we have to recruit them all. And understand, Martin Luther King Jr. didn't march on Selma with all the black people. <laughs> there are people that sat on their butts and went, maybe we should wait. Maybe you're pushing too hard. Maybe... And I tell them all the time, when you tell the story of your life, when you're looking back on the whole thing, do you see yourself as a hero or the dude to just sit back and let everything happen? I'm in the fight. Yep. What are you going to tell your kids or grandkids? Even if we lose, I'm going to say I was in the fight. I mean, I might be saying it behind cell doors, 
but I'm going to be saying I was in the fight. What are you going to say? How are you going to look him in the eye? Are you a patriot? Because you sure try to act like it. You try to gatekeep on a 2A community telling me that liberals don't vote 2A. You try to tell me gays don't vote 2A. Meanwhile, I'm with gay liberals at my diversity shoots introducing the 2A groups, telling them why it's important they participate in the fight. And in my DMs, why are you inviting those people into the community? I blow them off. They're do-nothings. They talk. They do nothing. Uh, when I ask them what the advocacy group they're in, they can't name one because the NRA steals your money. All right, then who's your local group you're in? What other 2A group? Do you firearms policy coalition? This oh no, yeah, it's silence. So it's always gonna be those people, the negative ones. You know, the ones that boo you. What is it? I'm gonna take that whole thing while you're in the Teddy Roosevelt speech while you're in the arena giving it your best. There are always gonna be those people in the back that'll never have balls enough to do what you do. Talk about what you do is not enough. Use them as motivation or laugh at them like I do. Yeah, and, and a lot of it sounds bad, but you know, I don't have time for toxic people in my life. I don't. I'll just block them if I need to. I'll mess with them a little bit, but eventually, it comes down to if I'm fine wasting more time, even worrying about the toxic people. You're they're they're doing what they wanted. They're taking you away from your focus. So stay focused and whatever plan that it is. Um, I want to bring us something that Joe brought up because I thought it was really profound, and I don't even know if you realize how profound it was. But you were talking about having people willing to jump in the fight and, and that's the, that's a great analogy where the the old you know salty guys that they're old you know gun owners that maybe just too tired they said we've been trying to do this or it's never worked and new jersey's a lost cause and california's a lost cause and the word to me tag comes in well that's cool just because you're tired and you've given up tag one of us in will come in and i think that that's a great thing especially with the new gun owners is why can't we utilize them as backup and say hey you don't have to be on the front lines right now you don't have to jump in but be ready to tag because we're going to tag you in eventually it's your turn to come in so i thought that was really profound uh, i'm going to come back and open up another question here but there's something that kind of goes along with this that clover and i were talking to our buddy smeggy a week or two ago and it was about the california assault weapons ban and he brought up a great analogy once again and he was saying you know in california they're, they're trying to move this boulder and they're trying to move this boulder and it doesn't seem to go anywhere but then something like even if it was for a week you know the high capacity magazine ban was shut was struck down the assault weapons ban was struck down it may only last a month or two whatever but it's been struck down every little piece just makes that boulder just that much easier to push. And so when we're talking about something, we've talked about this for a long time, the liberals, the anti-gunners, I'm going to say the liberals, I'm going to say the anti-gunners, whether they're, doesn't matter what political affiliation, the anti-gunners have been utilizing the death by a thousand cut strategy for a long, long time. And it seems like our side was always, it's all or nothing. It's either revoke the NFA or nothing. And it hasn't worked. It seems, at least especially the state level, in the last six months, the whole idea of a death by a thousand cuts, a lot of states going with constitutional carry, a lot of two-way sanctuary states, a lot of stand-your-ground bills, a lot of all of these bills are coming at the state level, 
And it seems nice because there's some momentum going now. Uh, we've got the Supreme Court that seemingly looks like they're willing to start listening to some two-way cases. So momentum is going our way. So I want to throw this question out to the panel. Now that we've got a little bit more momentum, do we go pedal to the metal or do we stay with the same strategy of maybe a death by a thousand cuts? Go ahead, Tony. Go ahead. You don't have to raise your oh, hand. Uh, well, no, I'm going to raise my <laughs> hand because uh, my show starts in about it, 10 after 9. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I want to say is that someone in Jersey who's fighting a fight, and we're taking L's, but yeah. understand some of those cases, 10 of the cases they turned down last time, two or three of them were from Jersey. Yep. One of the ones there now is from Jersey. Don't count us out because it sucks here because we're still getting federal cases done. We're working with uh, uh, Second Amendment Foundation, Firearms Policy Coalition, uh, CNJFO here in Jersey, ANJRPC, and NJ2AS. Those are three New Jersey groups that I swear to God, they can't order a sandwich in a restaurant together. But somehow, and, I, and I'm a member of all three, by the way, somehow... They got together for this lawsuit. So the wins, the fights, are going to come from the states behind the Iron Curtain. It's going to come from New York. It's already up there. It's going to come from us. It's going to come from California. We're the ones that are pushing the things on the Supreme Court level that are going to change things nationally, even though we're catching L's on the state level. That's why you can't allow people to give up. That's why you can't allow this crap what have they done lately? Why should I fill out a letter? Why should I? Because we're making wins. This is a fight we've been in since 1934. And we've laid down for a lot of it. We didn't understand we were in a culture war. It was like kind of, you didn't understand what kind of war you were in. Now we know. Now we have the internet. Now we have a means to reach out to people regardless of the background. If they hit YouTube, they can hear from us. And that's how we're going to grow. And that's how we're going to fight this back because they cannot stop the signal. We have yeah. way too many people to uh, way too many ways to reach way too many people for them to shut us down completely. I think this is our golden era. I think this is the time pro 2A people can make a difference. And COVID helped. COVID allowed people to stay home and find us. COVID allowed people to buy a lot of guns and never bought guns. Co uh, COVID changed the color the race, the gender, and the sexual orientation of the normal gun owner in the last two years. And if we don't take this opportunity and we stop to throw rocks at every dog that barks at us, we'll never accomplish this mission. So, yeah, put in work. Do your due. Court new people. Take them to the range. The diversity shoot is what I do. The diversity shoot is what you can do on a smaller level with two or three people from your office. And don't show up trying to change their minds in one visit. All you need to do is plant a seed. Plant the seed. All of a sudden, they know it's fun to shoot a gun. Cool. They know the guys they met, soccer coach, nurse, regular people. So they're not going to fall for it. And then back off. Don't get there and pontificate. Don't get in like discussions with your buddies the trump district no no go there shoot with them introduce them to guns and then get them the heck out of there and go have lunch and just have a conversation ask them did they have fun make sure you take a bunch of pictures with them and then invite them back again we're gonna yeah. have to do this one person at a time is a grassroots struggle this war this war we can fight it like with using guerrilla tactics the regular warfare using individuals talking to them that's all we do. 
And I know you, you got to run this. in a second. I want to say, first of all, before you head out, thank you for coming. What I love about, and I think you're right, uh, as far as COVID did change a lot, and I think it helped a lot. No matter what you are, you're you're a white male, white female, you are black, you are Latino, you are Jewish, you are whatever you are, gay, whatever you are that makes you unique. It seemingly looks like now in our gun community, as far as in, in, in the content creators, whether it's a podcast or doing videos, there's someone that represents you now. And that wasn't the case for a long, long time. So if there's a young person that's a young Latina, she now has someone to look up to and say, hey, she's a gun girl and she's proud of it. And she has her own podcast. And and there's all, there's everything for every walk of life. There is seemingly now in our community, someone that can can utilize their platform to inspire others instead of saying we're all here to inspire everyone no 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 we shouldn't be trying to inspire anyone we should be doing what we do and hope that they like what we're doing that that inspires them to follow along uh try to change one person's mind at a time i love that take them to a range let them have fun we all remember the first time we pull a trigger we all remember that adrenaline rush and if we teach them in a safe way I think that's exactly how we do it one trigger at a time and say, hey, I know that you're not a gun person. I'm not asking you to buy a gun. I'm saying, hey, come with me. You trust me, right? You've known me for 20 years. You trust me as a person. Let me take you to the range. If you don't like it, we'll leave immediately. But just try it before you judge it. And I think if we can do that more, I think it'd be great. Uh, Tony, before you get out of here, I know you got to run. Do you want to once again kind of uh, tell people where they can find you and all that before you head out? Yeah, you can find me at diversityshoot.com. I have links to our podcast. I'm on the Self-Defense Radio Network also on the Civilian Self-Defense. I don't even know the name of the dang podcast. <laughs> Self-Defense oh, Gun Stories. There you go. I just add so much to it. It's Self-Defense Gun Stories. Love the show. And it's four incidents a week by firearms instructors, defensive firearms instructors. I think it's like six or eight of us now. And every week it's a new one. And it's a great show because you can use that as an example of regular people defending themselves with a firearm. That's why you need an AR-15 with a 30-round clipazine and a shoulder thing that goes up. Uh, also, I'm on uh, the 2A4E podcast. And I'm also on the Firearms Radio Network with Gun and Gear Review Podcast. Got that name right. And that's where I'm going right now. If you want to help us out, you can go to diversityshoot.com. There's ways to donate. Um, to help us keep the lights on, as it were. We also have a Patreon, 2A4E Podcast, or Second is for Everyone Podcast on Patreon. We give away cool prizes, including guns. So, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, paper punchers, hole punchers. And I have really cool shirts on my thing, and you can do that, including the Lovetron shirt, which that money is split between me and Aaron Paulette at Pink Pistol slash Operation Another Blazer. wonderful person to go find if you haven't found her yet. So. Aaron is awesome. So is awesome. that's it. I think that's all the stuff I do. Uh, my next diversity shoot, if you're in the Pennsylvania area, is this Thursday, 6 p.m. You can buy tickets on Eventbrite. Uh, I have the uh, link on all of my social media, which on Instagram is Simon Says Train, and second is for everyone on Facebook. You can click 20 bucks. We have food, guns, fun, and awesome people. Um, we've shot uh, MP5s there. We shot the new, uh, what's the name of the company? Um, Pure, the FRT-15 trigger from Rare Breed Firearms. Rare Breed, yeah. So we raced a Rare Breed in semi-auto against an MP5 in full auto. 
And? I got smoked on the semi-auto. <laughs> Dude, 30 rounds, and everybody was having fun. Of course, I provided the ammo for the you know rare breed trigger, and I was having fun, and then I realized I bought that ammo at like 29 cents a round, and I'm going to have to replace it at 75 cents a round. And it was still fun, but I ain't doing it again. <laughs> so that's what we got going on, man. Come to our events. We even had the alien pistol from Largo Arms there. Nice. nice. Yep. See you guys. Right. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate the work you guys do. Joe, we'll Ro, I'm going to have you on, Yehuda. I'm proud of you. I'm holding my breath. <laughs> All right, yeah, if you guys are, not even if you're in New Jersey, if you're around that area, if you're anywhere in the country and you really want to get enlightened and have a great contact, Tony, he'll he'll travel, um, he'll take his traveling gun show out there in the sea and all that. Uh, we had a we had a comment, this will be the next kind of thing we're going to talk about, because I think it's kind of what we were talking about before. Gunpowder Beauty says, a long time ago, but I, I kept it, said, the media pushing such negative violent two-way, don't we need to be more faces responsible for firearm handling and ownership? And I think that's kind of what we're talking about is not only do we need to be out there being responsible, being safe, pushing the safety aspect, but once again, just look at you know the panel that we've had tonight. It's We've got a lot of different faces, ages, ethnicities, backgrounds, religions. We're all in it together. But, yeah, I think that that is something that is important. I think that's something we forget sometimes is it's not just the next product that we're pushing or the next podcast we're trying to get out. A lot of, I'm not saying us in here, but a lot of creators out there, I I don't know about you guys, I've seen some videos that I cringe at some of the handling that, that some of these creators do that they're not putting out the best representation of safety and all of that. So as creators, do we have that responsibility or is that something that, you know, someone else needs to teach them? They should learn on their own. But do you guys think that we need to do a better job as creators of showing them the right ways, assuming that we have new gun owners watching or listening to our stuff and you guys feel free to jump in. I know absolutely busy, but yeah, go ahead, Mike. Absolutely. Without any doubt whatsoever, we have a responsibility to show firearms being handled in a safe, responsible manner. Uh, if for no other reason than to not give the anti-gunners ammunition to use against us for one, but more importantly is to show new gun owners the safe way to do it. Uh, it baffles me to, uh, to see somebody on YouTube, you know, well, no, it doesn't baffle me anymore, but I guess the, the, the better word is it, it disgusts me to see somebody being a complete stereotypical Yahoo gun owner and, and and doing some crazy irresponsible garbage. Yeah. It might look cool and yeah, it might be funny and yeah, you might draw eyes, but you're drawing eyes for the wrong reasons and you're teaching them the wrong things. And I just think it's, it's horribly irresponsible, not only for the new gun owners, but for the second amendment struggle itself. So that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. So I no, I, I agree. I, I mean, I definitely think that as responsible gun owners, we should be calling out other people who are posting videos, uh, you know, of being an irresponsible gun owner. We we definitely have to do that. But your question was more regarding the media, right? Or or that comment was more regarding the media. Yeah, media. Was where she so was going. so here, yep. here's the thing: for every one bad video of someone who is a horrible representation 
of a gun owner or of a, a trainer. For every one bad video, you have 50 fantastic videos. The problem is the media, because we've seen it a million times, they don't care. Yep. Just like you said before, that they are not they're not focusing on the fact that guns are used hundreds of times a day. I mean, I don't know the exact stats, right? But call it hundreds of times a day in self-defensive purposes, saving a life. They'll only concentrate on, oh, this person used a gun. So, right. so the real question should be, how do we combat the media? How do we, how do we portray ourselves to show everyone that, look, we are responsible gun owners. Yes, we have bad apples. Yes, we call them out because it is horrible. But overall, they, they don't care. They, they really don't care. That's, that's the issue is that they do not care about responsible gun ownerships. They do not care about the positive role models. They don't care that we have Puerto Ricans, a Jew, a leprechaun, and 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 Tony Simon, right? I, I don't know if Clover's paying attention. That's why I said it. So I'm saying he, he, they he's, don't have. He's, he's not listening to a word. I know. Oh, I know. He's oh, he's I heard that. I heard. <laughs> there we go. That. He heard leprechaun. Oh, <laughs> that about... Leave it to the Jew. That's all I leave it say. to the Jew, right? It's okay, man. I'll race you to the pot of gold. Anyway, anyway. No, but but it's that's not that's shekels, really, bro. Come on, it's not Come shekels. On. That's true, right? Money's money. Anyways, um, <laughs> at the end of the day, we're combating. We're combating a ghost. We're combating about someone who completely ghosts us because they don't care one way or another. Well, I think a lot of the media, and this happens all the time, is is if they're going to pick up on a video that's on YouTube. They're gonna go to the gun fail videos. That's the video that they're probably yeah. gonna go show is look at these people shooting themselves in the leg or you know, whatever it is. That's what they want to portray us as. And and I think that I think that you're right that um yes, yeah. Now we're picking on me. So I, I don't think, know how I'm involved in this conversation. <laughs> but no, but I think but I think you're right, is the media the media doesn't want to, for whatever reason, we know why, but we they why, don't yeah. want to depict safe responsible gun owners in any light whatsoever if they're going to talk guns it has to be in a negative light is there that rare occurrence that while they're talking about something bad but oh by the way you know like the the the, the uh, sutherland springs shooting in a church they're going to cover the guy goes in a church and, and starts shooting up but they barely mention on like, page 13b of the newspaper that he was stopped by a citizen that had a gun. They don't want to talk about that. So I think you're absolutely right. Uh, go ahead. Mike. I think, I think there's only one way we combat that. And that's by doing what we're doing and encouraging other people to do it. Yep. You know, I, I know you say it all the time, ghost. I know I say it, you know, pick up the microphone, turn on the camera, get out there and spread the message. I just think that along with that, we need to do a better job of, encouraging other people to spread their message in a responsible manner and be and portraying our side of the two-way argument in a responsible light i think that's you know we have to be very careful to be that good ambassador with everything we do in the public eye and well it, in the private eye too 
there's a great series of kids books that I know about that talk, you know touch on all this responsible gun ownership <laughs> stuff. Just saying. Man, you are a master at this shit. I'm just saying. <laughs> marketing master. <laughs> I am in awe of your commercial horror. for anything. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's one of those things where, yeah, I think you're right. And, and we're talking about the whole question is two-way activism versus gun advocacy. Which one's more important? And, and, and for any of us that really thought about it, it's, it's the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. You have to have both you've got to have you know like i said i'm not a two-way activist okay i will do everything that i can to promote proper gun safety and responsible gun ownership and training that will help you be a better shooter more responsible shooter more proficient shooter all that stuff when it comes to the activism side have i spoken at rallies and at things yes but that doesn't necessarily make me an activist that's that was this one who put that rally on or you know had that event we have to have both because like i said we have to have people that are willing to run towards that brick wall and say i want to run through that damn thing and you've got to have they have to have people that support them so i think it's 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 all of it you have to have both of them uh for us to be successful the problem that i have is that the second that someone brings up two-way there's always a negative side of it of he's just pandering to the uh to the the audience or she's just saying that to get views or whatever and so because there are people that do that let's be real and then this flip side of it is more like me well I'll, i'll publicly admit i don't consider myself an activist at all nowhere even near that realm and then all of a sudden you don't care about two-way when did i say that just because someone doesn't consider themselves an activist doesn't mean that they're not two-way. I'm not two-way ignorant, you know, and someone that's two-way doesn't mean that that they're just about the political side of things. They're, they're, they're just going to have a different light. G-Webs will tell you straight up, and, and, and G-Webs has been a mentor to a lot of us. G's focus right now is the activism side, the political side. What can we do to, uh, you know, revoke the NFA, get rid of – the 4473 get rid of everything and i don't have that fight in me i'm not gonna lie i don't have that fight in me i will help and support anyone that does and i will do everything i can to help but i just don't have that fight in me but that's a side of things where i think that you get the the grandma's basement guys that are shall not be infringed from my cold dead hands and and the ones that are going to cause issues within our community those are the ones that you sit there and say you know what do we those are toxic do we leave them alone but how much do they really i mean there's there's something to that where i don't like to listen to the negative things i i I just i try to i try to stay as positive i can but it's getting really hard lately that's why we have this discussion is there is so much negativity within our own community as joe likes to use as well but our own communities is we're, we're butchering each other we're we're going after a magazine for putting chris chang on the cover are you kidding me why wouldn't you want chris chang on that cover for 25 reasons not just one you know uh, and, and that that's the stuff that's getting me so I, I, the question i want to ask you guys okay before we go clover has his hand raised since you know, we'll we'll let the the leprechaun talk. He's got time for us now. So I both hands uh, on my rifle, bro. I can't I can't raise a hand. They both have raise to raise the pipe. Raise the pipe. I can see the pipe moving. Well, that's true too. 
Um, well, first of all, you mentioned G webs and one of the cool things he is doing just to put it out there is he's got the two a handbook or the two a resource book that he's working on. That thing's going to be phenomenal. Um, moving forward for those that do want to get into advocacy and two a advocacy and stuff like that. Um, what I was going to say is you were talking about the delineation. Uh, you know, some channels do straight up two a it seemingly they do it for the fear mongering type negativity views. Um, and then you got some that interweave stuff in and then some really deep dive. Like we've got, of course, uh, uh, Ro and Joe on and, and they do more of a deep dive, uh, more nuanced, more social type setting and stuff. And, and I think the younger crowd really uh, yeah. in advocacy is, is doing a lot of stuff like that, which is, which is cool. But for me, um, you know, you mentioned earlier with the Texas thing, there, it's really going to be a test case with me because I've grown quite a bit and I've, I've brought quite a few new viewers in and I do have them that are watching. It's, it's evident they're watching my other content, my gun tuber content, right? Which, which is great. And they're commenting um, and they'll, they'll say, hey, you know, watch this. It's great. You know, found you through the constitutional carry. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, well, thanks for checking out this video. And I've been trying through this whole thing to not pretend I'm somebody I'm not. I think that's important. And so whether it's the live streams or whatever, I'm like, look, as soon as this Texas thing is over, I'll talk about important things here and there. But I'm going to play with guns and flashlights and holsters and do the fun things that gun tubers enjoy doing. I, I like doing that, too. I wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for that aspect of being able to have fun, if I had to do what I was doing with Texas all the time. So props to locked and loaded Latinos to Tony Simon, to Yehuda, to the people that, that, that eat, sleep and breathe or whatever it, right. Because I couldn't do it. I have to have that, that break, but I do know, I do realize, and this gets into, I think when I was, uh, and I want to mention some breaking news here later, too, when you get a chance. But um, while I was on the phone earlier, I did hear you in the background and you were talking about some of our responsibilities. And I think that that is we talk about that. And I feel like it's the reason I, I dove, I, I dived, I dove in so hard to the Texas constitutional carry thing and a few other bills that's going on um, is because I, I have the platform however big or small it might be in somebody else's eyes, I have the platform. I understand how to use it, right? So what is it with great power becomes great responsibility for those who much is given, much is required, right? However you want to say that, I feel obligated in a way to do it. But again, at the same time, I don't want to mislead people to think like your joke about you know, Clover B's guns and gadgets. I don't want to lead people to think that that's all I do. That's all I'm about. Mm -hmm. And if you're coming to the channel strictly for that, then don't bother subscribing or sticking around because that's not going to happen. I think that um, the gun tuber side of it has a lot to do with it too, because we've talked about it being a culture war and I applaud that as well. You know, it might not be, it might have a more fun side than just talking about whatever's going down the pipeline with, um, you know, whatever legislation or, or gun control is coming down the pipeline. But, um, you know, you have to remember that that's how people get started. I, I started watching fun gun videos yeah. and I, you know, that's, that might be the, the foot in the door. So, you know, someone who's 
just getting into guns is not going to want to tune into us and hear us complaining about <laughs> whatever's going on that week in in gun control. They're going to want to go and watch a review of, of that holster or that tack light or whatever. And yeah, they're interested in, you know, that that topic. And then that might lead later on to them becoming more open to talking about advocacy or the two way. So it has its role. Yeah, on that uh, kind of on that token where you're trying to do uh, where she said we're fighting a culture war right now. We really want to normalize gun ownership and show I, I think it's important. The U.S. is really the only country that has something like the Second Amendment. There are other countries that have tried to do it. I think in Europe, um, was it uh, Czech Republic is trying to get something like that. I, I forgot which country. Um, but really, there is no other country that has something like that enshrined. So it is a part of our culture. We need to kind of show that off. We need to normalize it and show, hey, you can own guns and be a normal person. You can be a housewife. Uh, just a dad that's going, you know, to his office and he wants to protect his family, a mom that's just trying to get home from work safely, um, a, a young student, uh, a husband and wife that play video games and like pop cultural stuff. You know, it, it's it's all deliberate. That's why we've got the stuff that we have behind us. It's that's who, what we enjoy and that's who we are. Um, that's why we play on the the the. The not a gun behind us does have a chainsaw bayonet on it. And there are other people in out there watching that yeah. identify exactly. That's what I'm saying is, is there are people out there that realize I'm not going to start a YouTube channel because there's no one thinks like I do. No, there's a lot of people that identify just like you that are looking for someone to have a friend out there and say, hey, you know, and so, yeah, keep on going. But I was just like, yeah. I love the fact that you guys re recognize that we can be normal people. We're not all about guns. We're not. We're not walking through the world waiting for Red Dawn to happen. We're normal people with normal jobs. Yeah, exactly. We're not. And, and uh, well, it, <laughs> I mean, you and you can still do that, and that's cool. And that's what we try to uh, show, you know, show off video games and things like that because people have fun. I got fun. a call. I got uh, a call. Armistice and Podcast, who's this? Hey, Trey, this is Pat Hirsch. How are we doing tonight? Pat Hirsch, how you doing, my man? You got a question for everybody? Well, it's not necessarily more of a question. It was just kind of a more of a thank you to everybody on the uh, show tonight. Um, like I text out there earlier, um, I don't think you were going to find much more of a diverse uh, group of uh, gun people <laughs> yeah. uh, anywhere on the Internet tonight. So I just wanted to uh, just give a quick call and say thank you for everybody uh, for being on tonight, and it's an awesome conversation. And uh, I definitely want that uh, chainsaw bayonet. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't want the chainsaw bayonet? <laughs> no, thanks for. Uh, no, thanks just, for. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to everybody and just say thank you for the good show tonight. I really appreciate, appreciate it. Yeah, it was. It's. It's when you get great people, uh, and thanks to Pat for calling as well. Uh, when you get a lot of great people that. Um, we don't have to all get along. I think most people in this room would get along in a, in a public setting, but we don't have to come from the same spot. We don't have to have the same interest in firearms. That's the beautiful thing about the firearm community. Joe, I use it a lot too, by the way. Um, we have different, you know, Clover and I, This is we talk about this all the time. Clover and I 
Uh, Clover is one of my best friends in this don't, world. Don't give we away met. our secrets, man. What's what goes on behind closed doors, bro? Come on. Hey, hey, hey. don't you go there. Um, but no, is this one of those that we, we met four years ago um, in a live chat? And now he's one of my closest friends in this world. He's definitely my closest friend in this YouTube world for sure. But Clover and I shouldn't be friends. If you look at our, he he gets rashes when we talk tactical and training and you know all of this stuff that I like and and I will have a conniption fit when he starts talking revolvers and bolt actions in twenty two LR. It's just we don't see we don't have a lot of the same interest when it comes to firearms, but that's beautiful because that's that's who we are. People come to this community for different reasons. And they come here. Some come here for the two ways. Some people call, will come here for, you know, demolition ranch, blowing up stuff with Tannerite. I mean, that that's, but we have to have someone, I think it was either Joe or Roe, one of the two. We have to have someone that brings them in initially, whatever that reason is. And then once we got them in, then I say, oh, by the way, you need to go check out these other 200 people or whatever. And we've got a lot of different people and all that. So I think that that is a cool thing about here to go in the hashtags. I knew it was coming. Um, there's an inside story. You guys are going to see Demo Ranch Hates Kids. It's an inside thing that happened at SHOT Show about three years ago. We'll get into it if you want to. But uh, that's every time his name is mentioned, the hashtag flows. So nope, that's just had to just it's it's when you bring it up, it's the hashtag. We have to do that, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we we have to have those. Um, there are a lot of people that when I'll sit there and be at the gun shop and and someone will say, you know, oh, I saw this on YouTube. Oh, who do you watch on YouTube? Oh, I watch Yankee or I watch Matt or I watch Eric or demo or hickok or whatever and it's like awesome that's great because if you're watching demo and you're watching hickok that's a that's a completely different genre of gun people as far as is, is what they're doing but i love that i love that about our youtuber gun tuber sphere of things is there's something for everyone and kind of going back is we do have the responsibility to depict what we consider responsible or what we depict important because kind of going back to what we're saying is, is there's someone out there that's going to see things exactly the way you do. And if you're able to touch one person and bring them along for that ride, because you've done something a certain way that they say, hey, I do the same. I grip my gun just like she does or whatever. People know that there's others out there that are just like them. That's what brings them along for the ride. Um, and yes, we do have our complaint department. If you do not like anything that we say, we encourage, yes, we beg you, please blow up our inbox. Our complaint department is shooting left of center at gmail.com and address it to Yankee. So uh, we, we, we encourage you to send hate mail to us and blow that email up. So yeah, no. Um, no, what we're talking about a little bit is is kind of going back into the new gun owners a little bit. I want to bring this up again and saying once we've got them here, okay, whether we we what are we try to do the two-way thing or not, once we've got them at least interested in saying, man, this gun isn't as scary as I thought. That AR isn't something that I thought it's not this weapon of war. Once we've kind of got their eyes open, and, and I want to bring Joe and Roe into this and then Yehuda as well. Because uh, Clover and Mike and I talk all the time. I don't get a chance to talk to you guys nearly as much. But once we've kind of got their foot in the door, 
at what point do we start trying to transition? Do we let them go for a little bit and let them come on their own to that two-way or not saying being too activist, but at least being two-way aware? Because I think there's a lot of people that are long-time gunners that are just two-way ignorant. But how quickly do we bring them along or do we let that just kind of transition naturally? What do you guys think? Uh, I know you have a really good answer, so I'll start with a really uh, with a funny one. Sometimes it can be just as quickly as look at the gun that what what guns are we about to buy for EDC, Joe? We're about to buy a SIG P365s. So I'm going to get an XL. Joe's getting an X. They're both 12 round. They're both 12 rounders. So even from that very moment, you can be like, you know, that's that, that magazine capacity is legal in California, right? Sometimes it's just as subtle as that. And you just drop it like, you know, that gun that you really enjoy, you can't own if you like drive across the border right now. And and people are just like, what? What are you talking about? And and it could just be that simple. You're not even being adversarial. You're not being political. You haven't even mentioned anything else. It's just like, man, you really like that gun, don't you? you re- Did you know that if you if we go on a road trip to go to this training and you drive through this state like and you get pulled over your hose? It's like, what? Really? Like, that doesn't make any sense. It's just like it's a normal Glock 19. I don't understand. So I, I think that that's one little way, but Joe, Joe's pretty, we actually cool. use that in real life. One of my best friends is a new gun owner and Rolanda got actually really upset at her <laughs> during, uh, during the election uh, for obvious reasons. Cause she, sure. you know, voted for someone who, who was pretty pro gun control. And that was something that we used because, you know, using big words and, and, legislation and stuff it just goes in one year out the other so one of the things i said you know that gun you just bought it's gonna be illegal she was just like what so yes this actually does work but i was gonna say um i think the how soon should you talk about 2a stuff i uh we're rso's um for, for fun i guess for you know we have a lot of friends in our local community that are trainers and we like to like pitch in and support and um one of the things they let us do is at towards the end of the class, like if they're having a really nice fun class, one of the nice things that I think that trainers should do is start bringing it up at the end. They just went through a four hour class where they had a great time. They got over their fears. They started enjoying it. It's like, you had a great time, right? You're really happy about being a gun owner. Well, let me remind you why this is important, why you should start caring. So they give us like a few minutes at the end of their class where we can talk about it. And they actually, we're going to be doing, an extended version of that uh, this weekend um, at our local Juneteenth National Range Day. Uh, some of our local trainers decided, hey, you guys come in. It's like a room full of new gun owners. They're doing all the concealed carry stuff, safety stuff. And at the end, they throw us in and let's talk a little bit about advocacy. So they're all excited about being gun owners. They're having fun. They've been at the range and just at the end, kind of give them a few minutes of reality and why you should care. So I think that would be a good tactic. I, I love that tactic is it's you're just slide, kind of sliding it in. We're going to go ahead and start early, but we're going to slide it not in your face. Like if you're not jumping on board and not going to Washington next week, then, you know, yeah, I like sliding it in, plant that seed as Tony said before, you know, you, you and I have talked a lot of different times about the Jewish community, and I was actually surprised that um, the numbers aren't exactly where I thought they would be as far as Jewish gun owners. So um, it's one of those things where how do you, especially with your friends and your in your community, 
how quickly are you willing to jump into that two-way conversation with someone? I mean, it really depends. You, it, it really is a case by case, um, you know, a, a case by case, uh, individual case. Um, I've I have talked to people who I've gone to the range with people who were completely anti-gun, and they shot a gun, and then it just wasn't for them. Sure. And it's like, okay, you know what? They tried it. I'm not going to be all, you know, Charlton Heston on them and, 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 uh, you know, get them angry. Um, I've talked to other, I've shot, I shot with other people who were like, okay, this is, this is, this is cool. I think I would do it again. Well, if they say, I think I would do it again, still not the time to talk about it. It's still not. They, they need to be really in the right mind because the minute you, you are like, well, you know, I kind of enjoyed it. I, I, I would maybe do it again. Well, if you know you maybe do it again, if they come take your guns, you won't be able to do it again. Yeah, and that's not going to fly over. That That's just going to be like, yeah, thanks for that. You just you just ruined whatever chances you had. If there's yeah. someone who is just like, oh, my gosh, I just shot your 22, then your 9mm, then your AR-15. Wow, can we go shoot that Barrett? Then it's like, yeah, man, just understand all these toys you're playing with right now, the guy you voted for wants to take them away. So it, it really is a case-by-case case, um, – uh, God, I can't even think straight. Um, but you, you get what I'm saying. Um, and in terms of Jews also, it's – you know, you always – it's always interesting to bring up when they are interested. And they're like – they'll a lot of times they'll approach me like, okay, we know you do a lot of like – gun advocacy stuff talk to us about it well i'm like well do you want me to give you the the in-depth answer or or just the 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 one that won't hurt your feelings like, no, tell, <laughs> i'm like they're like tell, tell us straight i'm like okay well in 1939 hitler came in passed the nuremberg laws got you know registered confiscated and took away all the guns from the jews then you had kristallnacht in 1938-39 where 30,000 men were sent to the, you know, sent to prison. Over a hundred, hundreds of them were killed all in a matter of 36 hours. So then they came back to the Holocaust and uh, look, the only people that were able to, to fight the Nazis were Jews with guns. And then they're like, uh, oh, oh, that's why. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much why, but it's like, but it's America. It's not going to happen here. I'm like, mm. yeah, I'm not holding my breath right now. Um, I, you know, they're, there's enough people uh, that will gladly throw any anyone right. You can see all the people who are, who you know, if you didn't wear a mask outside, you know, they called the cops on you. It's like those are the people that would call the Nazis and send you off to wherever you you'd be going. So I'm like, don't don't hold your breath. There's a reason why we have a Second Amendment. If we're not vigilant about it, then you know, it could happen again. Well, you, you take not just the Nazi side, but the people, whether they're Jewish or not, but they say it's America, it'll never happen. I, I'm quick to point out, less than 10 years, look at Venezuela, less yeah. than 10 years. That's a prime example of how bad it can go in less than a decade. So we're going to say two presidential terms. It right. can go from great to holy shit, what is going on here? And that is a short amount of time. People don't realize. I want to bring Budget in here, Clover. Uh, you know, I want to bring up something that we've talked about before. 
but it's something that we don't always acknowledge. There are people out there that may be anti-gun. Or I shouldn't say anti-gun that don't like guns, but are pro-constitution. And I think that we have a tendency of kind of, if we hear right off the bat, I don't like guns, we just dismiss them. Where just because they don't own guns, they can be allies in our fight for constitutional rights. And and that's something that I think that a lot of us, not, not us, but Americans, especially two-way people, tend to forget it. Just because we don't agree doesn't mean you're against me. And I think that that's something that goes on in our community a lot is if you're not with me, you're against me. That's not always the case. When I bring Mike in and say, you know, up in Ohio, you guys have and have and continue to have some interesting legislation going through and some battles for 2A rights. At what point does I know that Ohio, I can't remember the name, it was Ohio, uh, the big gun, uh, the big gun organization there. There are two. Uh, There's the Buckeye Firearms Association and Ohio Gun Owners. Yeah, and I know that you guys have to utilize everyone you get. So, I mean, at what point do you guys sit there and say, look, I know some people that are not pro-gun. They don't like guns. They don't want guns, but they're pro-constitution. At what point do we sit there and say, we need to start bringing these people to And how do we bring those people to that conversation saying, I know we don't agree on this, but we agree on the Constitution? I think that... I think we need to accomplish that by simply reminding them of the fact that the second is part of the constitution. You know, it's just as valid as the first, the third, the fourth, the fifth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I think was it, uh, was it Thomas Clarence Thomas that said that the second amendment gets treated as a second class, right? Yes. And, one, one way I like to do it is by, okay, so if this, I'll, I'll pick a First Amendment case. And, and, and if, you know, if I know someone is particularly First Amendment, pro-First Amendment, I'll pick a First Amendment case and I will say, okay, so take book or article or movie or art out of, the, out of it, substitute the word gun. Is it still the same? Or I'll take the reverse, the reverse tactic and hey, let's take the word gun out of the second amendment case and insert book, article, TV show, movie, piece of art, etc. You know, I, I I think that's the most effective way of doing that. No, is, I like is, that. You have you have to get them to associate what you're talking about and what you're caring about with something that they care about. Absolutely. And I like that approach. I know that a lot of people have used it. I've used it on certain occasions. And I think that using the first is a great uh, example because that's when people hear constitution, most people think the first amendment, that's, you know, that's what they think. And it's like, okay, so, you know, you don't like guns. I, I get that. What if someone was threatening to take away your freedom of expression or your freedom to peacefully assemble or your freedom to religious freedom? Well, that would never happen. Really? Ask you who to how quickly that can happen. You know, I mean, it's one of those things where I I think that people, and I I like that because if you start putting in terms that they can relate to, because they don't, most people that don't like guns, they don't care about 2A politics. 
But if you sit there and say, well, what if Biden was to come out and say, I am 100%, I think that we need to start legislating, you know, free speech. And we're going to make sure that there are laws passed that you can't say certain things um, under certain amount of syllables or whatever. Like, well, that would be crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I like the idea of you have to pay a tax. You have to get a license. Taxes, you have yeah. to, have to have, pass, yeah. pass a test in order to pass own a, a computer. Mm-hmm. That's right. I love that idea. I think that that is something, uh, you know, Roe, jump in, but Joe, Yehuda, just jump in, guys. But I think that idea, that might be a great way to start bringing more people in that may not be pro-gun, but they're they're willing to listen to the constitutional side of things. Well, you know, one of the things, and, and you know, really our biggest mentors have been, uh, I would say our three biggest mentors have been Tony Argo J and Kevin Dixie. I, I, I don't think, Joe, would you agree with that? Uh, and, you know, they always try to use the civil rights argument, especially Kevin Dixie and, and Maj Touré is masterful at this as well. And I think one of the things that especially the pro-constitution, if you want to say like the conservative side, is afraid to bring up history because they've seen how effectively the progressives and the left use tries to use history to bludgeon uh, us saying basically, oh, because of slavery and all these other terrible things that have happened in the United States, it invalidates basically everything that the constitution of the founders stand for. And I'm like, you can't let them, you can't let them use that against you because who's the one that perpetrated all those atrocities. It was because of the government. (laughs) So if you're about, if you're all for reducing the size of government or advocating for a government that doesn't take away our rights, you can use that argument against them because they, they're, they are, for the side that wants to impose their will they want to take away your ability to self-determine yourself uh you know for the most part i i mean i hate to use political terms but you know it really is kind of authoritarianism whether you want to use it right or left i kind of look at it as authoritarianism versus freedom and the, the anti-gun side is authoritarian uh so you know you just use that against them they're authoritarian they allowed slavery in the beginning that was the government that allowed that to happen there were some people that didn't want it some people did ultimately that institution existed because the government allowed it to exist uh later on you can talk about what happened with poll taxes what happened with the slave uh with uh slave codes uh saturday night specials you can talk about the tulsa massacre you can even talk about waco and things like that and talk about how that was government overreach you can talk about Native Americans, and there's nothing wrong with talking about it because you're not saying that you're racist or anything like that, or even talking about the founders or disparaging that, or even invalidating it. You can say the goal was to it was to form a more perfect union. We haven't gotten to that perfection yet, but we get better every day. Just because the not the founders didn't follow everything that they prescribed in the Constitution doesn't mean that the words are invalid. It just means that you can be a better example now than they were. So use that as a positive. Don't let them bludgeon that against you and use that negative history and don't be afraid to confront it because ultimately that's a a big reason for the Second Amendment. It is to stop oppressive uh, governments, to stop enemies, foreign and domestic. And it's okay to talk about that. Use the historical context. The other side likes to use that as a weapon. Use it as as use it, you know, spin it in such a way that we can use it as a positive and say, yeah, I agree. Those terrible things happen. You know, what would have prevented a lot of those things if people had a means to prevent those things from happening in the first place, because then the powers that be would have thought twice. And they would say, you know what, 
Let's not mess with these people. And you can already see through history, the government prevented certain people owning guns for just that reason. So it kind of, it, it's a self-fulfilling argument in its own way. Well, you're talking about they also prevented certain people from voting for- Exactly, because it's they knew that that would take away their power. That's so exactly that was the first that was restricting the Second Amendment for them to have their power. They restrict the, uh, I mean, the First Amendment uh, in order to hang on to their power. They restrict the Second the same way. So I'm just going to jump in here for a second and and just kind of play devil's advocate, right? Obviously, yeah. you obviously everyone. I mean, people who've known me for long enough know I'm not anti-constitution in any way whatsoever. However, I do feel in today's day and age, if you're trying to reach somebody, trying to change their minds, you can't start off with anything dealing with politics. You can't you can't bring in like, oh, you know, they're trying to, you know, oh. You won't like if they restrict your speech. Well, this is what the government's trying to do now. You got to start. I have this one buddy of mine who makes memes all the time. He's super creative, super talented, and beyond wit. You're you're welcome. And beyond witty. And he always says, he goes, hey, I post it and I get like five likes. And I keep telling him his memes are too witty for everybody. People are stupid. Yep. They do not want to they do not want to think about what they're reading. And I think that with that in mind, if you want to try educating and convincing people to believe in the constitution and kind of come over on our side and 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 defend the 2A, you need to start with something that they find interesting and and I know it's not easy, but you can even say you know something? Oh, you're a soccer mom. Oh, you must love Starbucks. Use that. Use that. Get you have to find common ground, and and keep politics completely out of it for the time being, until you well, have a a dialogue back and forth. At least, at least until you figured out how to read people, and I think that that is something. Right. That is an extremely important characteristical trait to have is being able to read the room, read people pretty quickly. And we've all we've all been doing that. We've all sit there and say, we're not going to jump into a constitutional conversation if it's not there. Um, but I, th I think that, uh, yeah, being able to read people is extremely important. Clover and I bring up that stuff all the time is, is, you know, I can talk about two seconds with someone and realize yeah, this isn't going to go this direction. It's going to go, like you said, you, you find something in common, whether it's coffee or soccer or whatever. Yeah, go ahead, Clove. Well, and the language is different. Um, and I, I think that's sort of what Yehuda's getting at a little bit. Like the younger crowd, you know, I watch the Walt Anderson, his channel. You know, I've told you about some of his stuff several times. And he covers other things other than just 2A. He's a real nerd big brained, you know, nerd that gets off into philosophy and a lot of other things, but he's a younger guy and they're really like sarcastic with stuff. They just have a different approach. So like, it seems like younger people have a different vocabulary and just way they talk than I talk. Right. Well, then you take that and people from the inner city have a different way of talking than I talk. Obviously, people from people from anywhere close to a civilized world talk different than I talk anyway. Right. People 20 miles away in a 3000, you know, population of 3000 people town talk different than I talk. Um, but, yeah, that's what that's what we're dealing with is, is we deal with 
sort of a communication barrier sometimes. And it's, it's not as, it's not as hard as trying to speak another language, right? It's not like you're dealing with somebody that only speaks Spanish or only speaks German or only speaks Russian but and all you speak is English. It's not a gap that big. Maybe we should have to be fluent in other languages, but maybe we should know how to say hello in a lot of different languages, something like well, that. I think, I think so, but I'm not getting, I'm, yeah, I wasn't really going down that road so much as I was saying it's a very similar thing that, you know, when you're talking about being able to relate, relate being able to speak that language yeah. because words I use mean different things than words other people yeah. use. And that's what I was talking about is you've got to be able to read that. Is this person a smart ass? If not, I'm a big time smart ass, but I can turn that off if I need to. Does this person appreciate religious views or not? Is this person cuss or not? You know, it's one of those things where you have to be able to read that conversation. And the last thing you want to do is start cussing up a storm and talking about whatever. If you're talking to someone that's prim proper and never going to, you know, use a cuss word and all that. And that's a, you have to be able to read that because you want to speak those different languages. You have to not be fluent in that, but at least recognize that they're speaking a different language to you. Maybe. And the, and the, the cursing, right? Uh, lewdness and the cursing and the, and the vulgarity and the stuff like that. That's something that's seemingly more okay with the younger crowd. And it's not with an older crowd. And so that, creates a disconnect a lot of times because you'll get an older person that's talking with a younger person and they're on the same wavelength and they're moving in the same direction and they have the same goal. But when that younger person is just F this, F that, F this, you know, talking about their, you know, sexual genitalia and all this other stuff and in a casual manner, you know, out on the range, we all know people that do that. They make these <laughs> lewd jokes what, about the size what, of their barrel what, or their whatever. You know what, what I'm talking about. To, man? Like you have that you have that gun because you're small in other areas and you're compensating. And you're just all these other lewd things that are said out there, right? And the older person that offends an older person, and I use offend offends in a in a weird way, I guess. Um, yeah. but that, that hits an older person and it creates a different perception, I guess, of that younger person. The same way as the older person kind of kind of comes off as maybe condescending and looking down upon a, a younger person. And, and I'm not doing that. It's just I'm experienced with life and all these other things more than that person. And I'm falling back on that. And so that kind of makes me seem sometimes like I'm a know-it-all. And it's like I'm not trying to go that route with it. But sometimes a younger person can take it to mean that. Well, Clover, it's also more than just that, right? It, it's a matter of it, it like – Let's say uh, Trey and I, let's say we never met, right? And the first time I meet him, I see he's got this big USMC tattoo on his arm, right? So I'm not going to go up to him and say, oh, nice tattoo. By the way, the Navy's better, right? You, you could. You should you say could. that right away. You, <laughs> you would get a really awesome response from that. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I know. I know. I know. But like the point yeah, yeah, is, absolutely. you know what I'm saying? To, to connect with that person you really have to find what makes them tick mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with politics or trying to convince them otherwise. Meaning if I came up to you and I said that to you and we didn't know each other, you'd be like, who the hell are you? Like what? Like, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna beat the living crap out of you now. Well, like so you get defensive what you're saying. That person right. will automatically get defensive. And what exactly. happens defensive, no matter what you say from that point on, they're not listening to a damn thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's my point is that you really have to connect with that person on their level. Um, you know, that, that otherwise, if you can't do that, I mean, if if you can't do that, then it, it the minute you hey, yeah, the conversation, the, maybe yeah you yeah you well you right you mm -hmm. end the conversation right there yeah yeah because that's that's the good question is is can we do harm actually by trying to do something good yes I think we probably can for sure. What, my, rab, my, my rabbi always used to say, sorry, my rabbi always used to say, the, the, road, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Right. No doubt about it. I think with part of being a good advocate or whatever you want to call it is being able to understand humans and human nature and how to talk to people. And with that being said, it also, you have to know how to use emotion to your advantage. I think that's something that people do not use enough. We rely way too much on statistics and politics and, and talking about, you know, the Constitution. And sometimes it's as easy as, you know, like, OK, let me see what I can appeal to you on an emotional level. And that can be some of the most effective um, stories, most effective arguments. I always like to uh, go back to Robin Sandoval's story. She's in the uh, DC Project and she's in uh, A Girl and a Gun. And she used to be an anti-gunner, apparently. And then she, her story was about her being a mom worried about her kids and having, you know, her worry about, you know, saving up in case there's a, a disaster, enough tuna fish and, and peanut butter. And then that's why she ended up being a gun owner and becoming pro 2A because she had to have a way to defend her family. So I think that's a great story. It's like, you know, sometimes it's it's going to be hard to reach out to some people, but you have to remember their dads, their aunts, uncles, whatever it might be. So that's something that people don't use enough in their repertoire. So you bring up something that I think is amazing because we all talk about this. At least I know that I do. I know Mike does. I know Clover does. We talk about the left side. They always use emotions in their arguments, but we have the statistics but the fact that you said why why can't we use emotion as well that I, I, it's not like it was earth shattering mind blowing but for a lot of people the thought of us using that emotional side as well is something that's foreign to them they don't think that we can tell a story of a mother and the only reason why i bought my first gun is to i'm a single mom or whatever and i'm trying to protect my kids and my home and all that and i have to do certain things or whatever the story is but utilizing those emotional strings like they do towards you know what about all the the kids that are being killed and all that yeah here's the thing what they 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 utilize that and i think they know they have to know surely they're not evil to the point where there is not a gun owner in the world that's a responsible gun owner that wants anyone dead, especially kids. We don't want useless deaths. That's why we say responsible gun owners because there are, there's evil out there. And no matter what legislation that you pass, evil is going to find a way to show its ugly face. And so none of us want senseless death. None of us want people dying. 
this tool that we we like to use for whatever reason but i think that using that emotional side you know that's a great point um anybody have anything you want to bring up because i want to i want to start kind of transitioning a little bit and saying i want to start with mike here and say mike um anything that you want to kind of follow up on what we've talked about but what i wanted to hear from you is you personally what's the best tactic that you have used that seems to work to maybe at least get people to hear what you're saying patience 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 which is not my strong suit by the way <laughs> um <laughs> Be patient with it. I don't understand. rush it. Yeah. Don't don't push it. Don't you know? Don't be someone who's trying to impose something upon someone else. Um, because frankly, that's that's the other side's game. That's not our game. Uh, as as uh, Rollo said, and and I'm going to steal this. It's authoritarianism versus freedom. And you can't expect to win someone over to your side if you're attempting to impose. You have to show that you are representing the side of freedom. And you know what? Even if you choose not to own a firearm, even if you choose not to go out and fight 2A and, and all that, that's okay. That's your choice. It's your right. I'm not here to try to make you do anything. I'm just here to give you a little bit of information that maybe you're not getting somewhere else. That's that tends to be the strategy that has worked best for me. As a matter of fact, uh, over a period of years, having discussions on and off with a really good friend of mine, eventually he became pro two way because, and he was absolutely anti-gun at first. Okay. But through patient incrementalism, just like the antis have have used as far as the, uh, a legal strategy, the incrementalism can be used on a personal strategy as well. When you're talking with someone, if you you know if it's someone you associate with over a, a long period of time, use you know be patient, be incremental, and eventually you know truth will win out. Yeah. Uh Awesome. I want to give you about a minute or whatever to kind of give your elevator speech and tell people where they can find you. They're just now tuning in. Uh, what kind of projects you have coming on and all of that good stuff as well. Uh, I'm Mike with Budget Guns and Gear Reviews. Currently, it's soon going to be MK Outdoor Journal. Uh, you can see catch me here on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Just type in the name. You'll find it. Um, I do a live stream every Friday night at 11 p.m. Uh, uh, not 11 anymore, 7 p.m. Eastern. I used to do it at 11, but every Friday night at 7 p.m. Eastern called The Right of the People, where we use the first to defend the second. We talk about Second Amendment-related politics, news, and current events. Uh, I got some stuff coming out shortly. I have to finish up the uh, booth reviews from uh, Blade Show in Atlanta, and I've got, uh, matter of fact, I have my bullet points written up here to do some reviews on a pair of uh, tactical pants and a shirt. There's more words on those bullet points than they're in the bullet points book. I'm just saying. Yes. Yes, there it's, are. It's so true. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I got that coming out and uh, some more videos in the works. So awesome. Yeah, go check out yeah. Mike. Um, he, he's a great Mike's a dear friend of mine, and I think he has the greatest voice on you. He's just one of those. He's he's got that voice. Um, I think so I sound like a goober, but thanks. Uh, I, I I think listening to a podcast, you know it's you. As soon as you hear it, you know it's you, and you've just got one of those voices. Uh, Midnight Rain says, okay, I'm back. You may continue. Thank you for your blessing. I appreciate you. Uh, now we'll continue the conversation now that Travis is back. Um, Yehud, I want to bring you in and, and obviously follow up on anything we've talked about tonight. You've got the floor for as long as you want it. But also answer the question throughout there. What are some of the great ways that you've been able to not necessarily convert, but at least maybe plant that seed and then tell people about your projects? I know it sounds easier said than done. Check your ego. It is so easy to just say, told you so. And honestly, it is so uh, refreshing to have, especially as someone who's been dealing with Jewish gun owners for years of being called a, the gun, nut. I'm paranoid, I'm neurotic. And now all of a sudden everyone's like, so um, where can we get a gun? You know, it's so easy to just say like, ha ha, told you so. But um, you need to check that ego. Uh, it is so important to not do that and say, look, I got you. Let's Let's walk you through. Obviously, the other way is so much more satisfying at the initial, the initial, but um, check your ego. Uh, I, I can't even stress that enough. Absolutely. Um, Joe, I want to come to you and, and can I give you the same thing? What are the, what are some of the ways that you have been able to convert or at least plant that seed that you've gone through and then talk about the podcast, whatever projects, and then we, we won't even let Ro talk. Uh, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of both Mike and Yehuda. I feel like having patience because you have to understand that it's a long road. Um, It comes really easy for me because it's a common story that I talk about on our podcast is, you know, I recently found a a tweet where I denounced AR-15s from like five years ago or something like that. So, I mean, anyone, you know, you never know where they might end up. Um, So have patience because you never know. And also just be, don't be a jerk because you have to be relatable. I mean, I, I'm one of those people who I can just, I could talk to, you know, just everybody. Um, it's very annoying to one of my best friends. She says that I'm the most annoying person to go to a party with <laughs> because I will just like strike up a conversation with ev- anybody and everyone about anything. Um, so you never met a stranger basically at that point. Yeah. You just, that's, that's not the a whole bad point. Way to live. That's not yeah. a bad way to live, honestly. Yeah. So you just gotta be, and I guess the, the, the real lesson there is to be open-minded. Um, you know, it's human nature to be different and be, you know, what's the word tribalistic and stuff like that. And I just leave that at the door. Uh, you know, I'm, I am very different from the people in the two A community. I am, uh, came from a leftist background and, um, animal rights activists growing up vegan and I've befriended hunters. So, you know, you never know who, you know, who you're going to meet and what kind of conversations you're going to have. So you just have to be open-minded and be a good conversationalist and you're going to get a lot, a lot more done that way. Yeah. I want, I want to ask you something real quick. Cause I think that you, you have an important voice uh, right now. You're young female. 
you know, I, I don't even races even matter, but young and female, because that is a large number of the new gun owners. So if you could give a piece of advice to a young female out there that is maybe getting ready to turn 21 and they're in college or whatever, they're getting ready to start a new job, move to the big city or whatever. What's one of the biggest pieces of advice that you would give to a, a young female that's looking to maybe possibly purchase a, a gun? In terms, of, yeah. <laughs> in terms of equipment or in terms of what? No, just um, about like what's, what, how to think the process through. Like what, what advice if, you know, if you say you're getting ready to buy your first gun, well, this is what you shouldn't do. This is what maybe what you should do. Well, if it's if it's a female on her own, uh, don't go to a gun store and talk to somebody because that happened to me. I actually went to, to the gun store, a very reputable gun store down here in South Florida one of the biggest ones went to the counter knowing exactly what it was going to buy and got gunsplained. And I got so mad. I just turned around and walked out. Um, Cause they told me that's not what you want to buy. And I'm like, no, it okay. is. <laughs> that is exactly what I want to buy. And I so, buy somewhere else. <laughs> and I did, yeah. So <laughs> the, my advice would be um, hang in there in terms of, you know, that is going to be a big part of what you run into. Don't let yourself to get disillusioned. Do your research, find out everything you want to find out. You're going to, there's tons of resources online. YouTube is wonderful. You know, if you want to know about different types of guns or what would be good for you, there's tons of resources out there, you know, just do it yourself and find other females out there in the community. There's plenty of people like people reach out to me all the time. Um, I might not be an expert, but I'll connect them with someone if I don't know the answer. So it's a pretty open community. And I, again, I will say it, it is a community. It's a family. So, you know, we're out here. So don't be afraid to reach out. Hey, yeah, Trey, can more. I just, 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 sorry, just quickly no. to, to no. what uh, Joe said. Um, not just females, right? Uh, so I, I'm not knocking that, obviously. But what I'm saying is that if you reach out to anyone and they start gunsplaining to you, telling you yeah. what you should buy, Nope. It's so for every one person that does that, there are 10 others that don't do it, whether it's female or male. So if someone starts, if you are a young woman looking to buy your first gun and they start gunsplaining to you, ditch that person immediately and find someone else. There are plenty of other people out there that'll help you. Yeah, and you don't necessarily have to go to a different gun store. Just go find another person that works at that gun store and say, okay, that dude, no. But the reason why I think it's a, a valid discussion to have is I know of some younger females. My daughter's 24, and I know there are people around that age that they go into a gun shop and they are looked down immediately and say she has no idea what she's doing. She has no experience. And my daughter shot plenty of guns. She'd go in there and school them on some stuff. But she's going to go walk into a gun shop. And sometimes, I say all gun shops, and Clover's right, don't judge all gun stores. But there are there is that attitude sometimes that it doesn't have to be a female. Just be someone who's young, uh, a 21, 22-year-old. They don't know anything about it, So I'm going to tell them what they need. And we don't need to do that. We need to make sure that they understand that they know a lot more than we're giving credit for. Uh, I learned that from my daughter. I I I was there, you don't know nothing about life, just joking around with her. And then I realized, man, she's a pretty smart cookie. So, um, yeah, I want to bring Clover in real quick. And uh, if you want to elaborate on anything, uh, but tell me what are some of the ways that you've been successful in planting that seed as well. And then whatever projects. You don't do anything, so there's really nothing to talk about on your channel. So, you know, I wish you would start doing more, you know. Well, I'll piggyback and say 
you know, don't, um, don't, don't judge all gun stores or gun store employees. Cause the ones here are super awesome to pretty much everybody. Even if you come in with a sky and that's what you want and, until it finally you've had to send it back three times and we talk you into buying something else. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just be patient yeah. with the person. You know that guy, sure. Try Absolutely. to explain to them that, you know, yeah, it's not the best, but it's better than anything, you know, better than nothing. And, you know, yeah, maybe it'll work out for you. And then it broke and then send it back and it come back and it broke again. And finally they've seen that, you know, rather than mansplaining, you need to throw that away and get something else. Just, uh, you know, thankfully they didn't need it in the meantime. That's the other thing that would be horrible, right? Is if a, a woman come in and she got the, got the idea you were mansplaining and she went back home with her sky and then a situation arose where she needed to use it and it didn't work, you know, that would be horrible, right? So there's a flip side too, in a way to the, to the mansplaining, but I think there's a way you can have a conversation about things, right? Um, and it not be like you're looking down your nose at somebody. You got to be able to to talk to them on a on a personal level. Um, as far as you know, bringing people into like the community, the one thing I hate is the boxes, is the check boxes, and we got to put everybody in their own little box somewhere, right? And then we can put them in whatever box at any given time that they're talking to us, right? It's like the first sentence in, we put them in one box and then six sentences into the conversation, they're in a different box. And it's like, just stop, just stop, you know, um, right. take them as a person who cares about their religion, who cares about their sexual orientation, who cares about their race, who cares about their experience level. Right. And if you're going to offer to help them out and take them to the range, um, you know, keep all of that, non-firearm related stuff just keep it out of it now if they bring it up and it's something you have in common they bring up religion and it's you go to this end up you go to a big church and you've never met or the same church or you're the same denomination or they bring up something a pastor said or if they bring up um you know a political issue that aligns with you and that's a, a common thing right to have that personal interaction with somebody sure take that opportunity but let them bring it up and then if you know, don't be offended when they bring it up. Just brush it off and move on with the gun-related stuff. You know, just kind of dismiss. Don't, I won't say dismiss it in a bad way, but you see what I'm saying, right? Just kind of shift. Talk, you talk a lot about being an opportunistic buyer as far as firearms, but I think what you're saying is be an opportunistic person when it comes to talking in, in two way. Be yeah. calculated. Yeah. Read the room. Yep. Figure out. That's huge. Should I get into this conversation? And if I should, how do I do it and without pissing them off? Yeah, and that's a skill that I like to think I possess, uh, and a lot of people do, where they're, they're, they're a student of humanity is what I call it. And you're able to read people, right? I could read people without ever having a conversation just by the way they move their arms, the way they move their head or their eyes. And I pretty much know if I walk up with that person to have a conversation, regardless of the topic, I pretty much already know at least how they're going to present right at least what they're going to sure. how they're going to say something back right the reaction they're going to have and stuff like that i pretty much know that ahead of time and learning that kind of stuff is pretty easy especially with youtube uh, at your fingertips um and then you know one of the things is if you do get somebody that is new and coming in and you get them out on the range obviously go through safety 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 um but get them on the trigger and get them shooting as quickly as possible and make it fun 
Uh, put up, put up steel, put up fun targets, watermelons, oranges, something that's going to explode and make them have fun. Absolutely. Something fun because we all know that the vast majority of people, you get them behind the trigger on a range and it doesn't have to even be full auto, but you flip a giggle switch. People like that. Maybe not the first shot they ever take. Right. But before they get through with that magazine or that revolver cylinder, most people are enjoying it. Right. Unless you put a, a 50 Deagle or something in their hands, which is, is, is silly. Um, yeah. As far as, uh, that's what I'm doing. Uh, Unless they news, ask for it. Yeah. You know. Well, that, well, that's true, but sometimes you have to make a decision. Since the um, is 50, well, let's, let's start you off with this one. We'll get there. Yeah. Let's start off with this um, one. You know, I've had, I've had in, in shooting sports, I've had kids that, were ready for shotgunning or they were ready for that 12 gauge or they're ready and they're ready, 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 ready. And they weren't <laughs> when it come down to it, they weren't, they thought they were, their parents said that it'll be okay. And at the end of the day, they weren't. So as the person that has more experience, sometimes you have to make a judgment call. And even if you, even if you fib, you know, and say, yeah, you know, I really, I got to get that one in clean that one up you know or i don't have any ammo for that one right now or you know whatever uh, i don't want to spend five dollars for you to shoot that one time sorry you know yeah well yeah yeah so or just be truthful with them and say look that's a whole lot let's get you on some of this other stuff and that that can be a goal we work up to and that's part of being being fun right they're working towards something right they shoot that 22 they work into the 380 to 9 millimeter maybe a 40 or 45 and then you know then put them on the the, the deagle and, and let them run if they if they handle all that and they got a progression right they know the progression yeah. of what they're handling we went off into the weeds on that but um so had something break uh had to jump away let's, and let's, uh speaking of two-way texas stuff let's bring yeah, it in Go yeah and um so i was back and forth with rachel malone who's been a rock star man here in texas with all of this but okay. um abbott did sign the suppressor freedom bill uh today so that Good. is a thing now in texas uh and i'll probably go probably fire up a uh, impromptu podcast sometime tomorrow and talk about some of the other stuff um the constitutional carry bill and the 2a sanctuary bill some things have shifted around and changed it, all indications show that that was going to happen tomorrow but apparently trump is coming down and him and Abbott are going to the border for some kind of political photo op bull crap garbage. Um, and so that's, looks like that's been shifted maybe to Thursday. Um, all indications are that that's going to happen, but yeah, we'll talk about now, that. Is it going to happen at the Alamo still? The, that I, that I don't know. That was the original plan. Uh, and at this point, yeah, at this point, I, I don't know. Um, obviously the Austin the incident that went on in Austin, um, I kind of think that he may be trying to scale back the public optics. I and I, I don't agree with that move. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, but from a political standpoint, it would make sense that instead of making a grand spectacle out of it like he wanted to, maybe he pairs back on it a little bit. And maybe that was part of the shifting it around. All we can do at this point is, is speculate. But um, my message to folks, because hundreds, if not thousands of people are, worried and concerned and just 
on pins and needles is it's going to happen. <laughs> there's there's no way he doesn't sign it. There really isn't. Well, um, there's no way so, he vetoes it because that's the only way it well, doesn't. Well, that's true. That. That's true. There's no way. That's political suicide at this point right. with as much as he's put his foot in his mouth. It's political <laughs> suicide. So we can pretty much say without a doubt that's not going to happen. Um, and so go live life and enjoy life and don't get stressed out and hung up over, you know, whether or not something's going to, I mean, the world's still going to turn regardless. Um, as far as other stuff, heck, I don't know, man. I've been so wrapped up in this, but tons of reviews and gear and all kinds of stuff that we've got to, uh, that we've, we've got, got to keep going. Of stuff that you haven't been doing. So you've got a backlog, I'm sure. I know it's horrible. And, uh, hopefully some good information coming out on, uh, uh, the YouTube front, as far as policy, something that we've been working on for a while now. Uh, and then uh, Thursday will be a, a fun show. We always try to pimp out and talk about the, the studio. We're going to do another uh, review and promotion episode. And unfortunately, we only have time to do about five or six usually, uh, as you're aware of Ghost, on that. Because uh, we take so much time with each channel that we do. And right now, I've got upwards of like 50 channels that people have submitted. Do you want to explain to that so, what people are talking about? People may not understand what you're talking about, what you're going to do Thursday. Yeah, we'll take five or six channels that are smaller channels that, um, I, like I said, I've got to go through the 50 because there's no way we can do all those. Five or six is usually the limit. Um, so i got to go through there and then uh, figure out size and sort of what they do as far as the sub-niche in firearms or 2A or whatever. Um, and kind of pick out five or six for us to look at. Uh, we'll go in, we'll look at the channel, we'll kind of analyze view to subscriber ratio and their thumbnails and their channel art and sort of give some some uh, healthy critique, right? Constructive criticism, so to speak, on what they might can do to uh, spruce things up and make things look a little better. And most of all, we do that to just get the word out about that channel and promote them, right? Instead of just coming on and going, here's this person's channel, we actually come on, and, and that's why it takes time, and we can only do five or six, is we actually come on and we go through their channel uh, as we're talking about it, so they get more exposure than just a simple mention. Uh, but with the 50 that we've got, I'm thinking what I'm going to do is put a blog post or something up over on my website with all of those links, and then link to that in the description of the live stream. That way, if folks are interested in checking out 50-plus different Firearm 2A channels, they can always follow that link and, and go through those at their leisure on their own and check out because we've got a lot of awesome. You know, we talked about the gun tubers and everything else. Got a lot of awesome people in our community. People just don't realize we're a super small subsection of the uh, YouTube huge. YouTube ecosystem for sure, but we're hundreds easily, if not thousands, strong. And there's a lot, like we talked about earlier, is COVID. You know, people were at home, and a lot of people started creating. And we talk about it all the time. Turn the camera on because we need all of the two way cameras out there. Because the more two way cameras that are out there, they're going to have to start listening to us on all these platforms and all of that. And We've seen an onslaught of a lot of really amazing creators in the last year or so, a couple of years, and right. and they're blowing up, man, and they're doing it the right way. They're they're you know they have no idea what they're doing, but they're doing it the right way type thing. But it's it's refreshing to know that there's not a simple recipe 
to be successful on these platforms. There's no way to grow on a recipe. There's no way to do a podcast on a recipe. You got to be yourself and understand, like I said earlier, be you and understand that there are a lot of people out there that are just like you that will find your stuff exactly what they're looking for. Yep. So go ahead, finish up, Clover. Go ahead. No, I absolutely agree. I, I say it all the time that you, you know, G Webs talks about valuing your voice. It's been something right. that as long as I've known the dude, he's talked about, and uh, he's absolutely right. And everybody has to value their voice. That whether you Instagram or Facebook or um, or YouTube or whatever, it's entirely possible, um, and it's entirely probable that there is one person out there in the world that you are the only person that can reach that one person, right? Maybe may more than one person, but it's entirely probable that there's at least one person that you're the only one that can reach them. And you might not can sway the opinions of the hearts of the minds of millions of people, but what if that one person you can reach is that person that can sway the minds of hundreds of thousands, if not millions. They of become the, the next person. Absolutely. Exactly. No exactly. So you can be the, the motivator, right? By proxy, you've done your part. How, however small that might be, right? Just, just reaching one person, one person at a time. And we, we joke about Hickok, and we joke about some of these guys. How many people's, how many lives has Hickok touched by shooting a pumpkin fifteen years ago? I mean, right. honestly, he shoots a pumpkin. It gets put on the news. It blows up, and there are people that the first person that they know on youtube that has a gun is the dude that shot the pumpkin i mean it, it's as simple as that you never know what you're going to do or what you're going to say that's going to affect the growth of your channel and get exposed to other people but once again like you said if you can touch one person and change their mind or at least plant that seed you may not be the guy but what if you're the guy that creates the next person that changes the world uh what if you, what if you're the guy that that um hello what if you're the person who does a video and you inspire some 11 year old to become um, two-way and now they become a, a you know they, they become a, a supreme court justice and repeal the nfa 25 years down the road we never know that's yeah. as simple but the the, the the spider webs are crazy pat hurts out there uh real quick before we go to row uh, $5 super chat. Thanks to the show tonight. Thank you for the panel. Yeah, it's, it's been a great conversation. And that's what this is about is having conversations. And you always don't have to agree. You don't always have to come from the same point of view. I think ultimately all of us in this room are going to agree on the big picture stuff. But how we get to that big picture, we don't have to agree on. Because we all come from different backgrounds. We all come from different areas and all of that. But having a conversation is what it's all about and i think that's what's missing in our not just gun community but in our society in america is in the last couple of years we've forgotten how to have a conversation without getting defensive getting angry dismissing the other side's opinions without even listening to them i think a lot of that has come down to just forgetting how to be humans almost so uh, great point. I want to bring Ro and Ro. Um, man, we talked a lot about a lot, a lot of stuff tonight. Anything that you want to? First of all, thanks for coming on, you and Joe. Anything you want to kind of elaborate on what we talked about? Then we're going to go back to that same question: is is what's something that you've done that you've seen to have success with of 
converting someone to opening that door, that, that frame of mind of being a gun person. And then please, you and Joe both, whatever, talk about the podcast, talk about the projects you guys are going to be working on upcoming and anything like that. But uh, yeah, thanks to you guys for both coming on. It's awesome having you. Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity, Trey. It was uh, great to be on. Uh, I I think, uh, yeah, I pretty much agree with uh, all the points that everybody made here today. Uh, I think, again, it's just about trying to normalize gun ownership, normalize the culture, uh, show that, hey, this is a part of what it means to be an American, but it's also, it, it's not the be-all, end-all in our lives either. You know, we're, we're multifaceted people uh, for everybody. Owning a gun isn't, you know, unless you're, an operator or somebody who runs like a business that, you know, like a firearms business that's either a trainer or you run a gun store. It's not necessarily your everyday thing. It's a tool that you, that you rely on, but it's not something to be afraid of. It's something that you respect. So try to normalize that, create the culture, create positive propaganda. As I like to say, propaganda is looked at pretty negatively, but it's really about winning the hearts and minds and you can use propaganda in a positive way. And that's just by exposing people to positive uh, gun ownership. Uh, as far as us, uh, you can find us every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern. We do the Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast. You can find uh, uh, Joe or I on our respective social medias at Puerto Rican Pistolero, Latina Locked N, the letter N loaded, and uh, Locked and Loaded Latinos. This week, uh, because of Father's Day, our show is actually going to be on Saturday at 8 p.m. And kind of at the last second, we weren't going to have a guest on this week, but speak of the devil, I guess we were talking about him and his ears were burning. So Chris Chang messaged us this morning uh, to talk about other things. I was like, hey, you want to be on the show? We were talking about you. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, so he'll be on this Saturday. It should be a fun conversation. But uh, yeah, thanks again for having us tonight. We're actually going to roll out because I got to yeah. grab grab my gun and bring in the cat, as they say. More if somebody understands that reference. Long, and I apologize for running so long, but it was a great conversation. I didn't want to shut anybody up, but uh, you guys jump out. We appreciate you guys. Hey, no problem. Thanks again, guys. It's great meeting everybody. And Tony, uh, good seeing you back again. <laughs> I missed everything. Start over. Absolute amateur, Tony. You're an amateur. We're we're still on. You've done your whole podcast. We're still going with the original. You got to step your game up just a little bit, or Wait. we just need to shut down hours quicker. I don't know. Hey, Trey. Uh, Tony wants us to start over, so I'm going to throw you under the bus, Tony. <laughs> oh <laughs> Lord! Later, no, everybody. Let's, let's See you guys. Appreciate you. Yeah, um, yeah. We were just kind of uh, close, sweeping up. As Clover says, we're sweeping up the floor. You don't have to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here, um, type thing. But no, we're glad to have you back. Um, anything? The one thing I want to bring up to you is, is you can gonna go through your your spiel if you want to again. But there's a question I've been asking everybody: is what have and you've done a lot, but what's maybe the one thing if you're out, if someone's out there listening, trying to get ideas of how to convert people or to how to plant that seed, what's one way that you found pretty consistently that works to maybe help plant that seed? I'm telling you because everybody wants some like huge thing. Be the human being you are, man. Just talk to people like they're individuals. And when I say talk to them, I also mean listen to them. You can't only have your little scripted whatever you say, cold, dead hand, 1775. No, learn their concerns because that's the thing I learned that helped the most. What are you worried about? 
like like what's your biggest concern about this why do you believe in this like like and then talk to them from that point of view you don't have to have all the answers matter of fact having all the answers is probably annoying the hell out of them because you sound like a smart aleck you sound like somebody who uh you just sound bad like if you don't know say i don't know but i know where i can look it up at no other places that they can go to like the CDC study that Obama asked for. And when it didn't turn out like he wanted, how'd, how'd that never, go for him? Yeah. Never mention it again. Yeah. So have stuff like that, have information where they can look. I'm like, look, if you're really concerned, you can look it up here. You can go to firearms policy coalition. You can go to different things. I'm like, even go to mom's demand website because they can't hide all the truth. They have to actually admit some of the things they say. And if you read it, you all of a sudden go, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. How are you against it here, but talking about how effective it is down here in the study? And and that's what you can do. And you're not trying to change their minds 100% the first time. You're not going to do that. You're not that persuasive. So don't try to be. Right. Just cracks. That's all you want to do. You want to put cracks in the thing they thought was reality. And then add it to something else going, I know about guns. That's my thing. I know about Second Amendment, the advocacy. I've studied that. And I'm telling you, the mainstream media has been telling lies for decades. Ask yourself, what else are they lying about? Are they lying about the economy? Are they lying about the military? I'm like, I'm telling you, not only are they lying, I'm telling you where you can get the real information, not from them. I'm just a small subject matter expert on this one thing. And I know they're lying. Go yeah. with that. I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm just trying to tell you what you've heard isn't the truth. Look for it. That's all. Yeah. And I think that, that there's something about planting the seed and all of that. And Clover uses this a lot. I'm going to steal it from him. And, and, you know, it's the only thing I'll ever steal from Clover because he usually doesn't make much sense. But uh, this one he actually makes pretty good sense with. And he was like, the whole planting the seed idea is you want to plant the seed, but not just plant the seed to where they ask you another question. Plant the seed that they want to leave and go find out for themselves. Like you were talking about, I'm going to give you the places, but you're going to have to go on this journey by yourself. Now, if you have questions and guide down this journey, I'm here, but I can't get you to this, the finish line. You're going to have to get there because if we get them there, then it's us. If they make that conscious decision and say, I get it, and that light turns on themselves, not only do you have an ally, you have an ally for life, and they're probably going to go spread the seed somewhere else. So, yeah, I absolutely 100% agree with what you're saying. You're going to attack someone's core values in many cases. Yep. They're not going to like that. Yep. So don't even make it look like an attack. It's a conversation. You have to listen to them. You can't keep hitting them with the things you've always said if it doesn't really mesh with what they just said, because people can tell when you're not really listening to them. Right. Take right. your time. Again, you don't have to, you don't have to move this mountain in a day. Just talk to them and leave the, leave it open again. Don't attack them. Don't go in on who they voted for. None of that. It's just a conversation. One of the people you should follow is Rhonda Mary. I don't know if you guys know her, but she's a oh, young. Yeah. Rhonda Mary, young black 
black woman who is not a gun person. M A R Y or M A R Y Rhonda Mary M A R Y. Um, I think that's her name on Instagram. That's her thing mm-hmm. on um, Twitter. Twitter. Okay. And she has different ways to approach it because you can't approach her that way. Saying mm-hmm. cold dead hand, saying it's my right. None of that would have worked on her. So she mm-hmm. talks about how you can have a conversation with somebody and bring them in. And she changed her mind and she was at the train and learn event and she was shooting things she'd never shot before. Why? Because somebody planted that seed and then she did the research and she came to the conclusion. And now she's one of our advocates, but she doesn't fit in that always grew up with guns thing. You know what I mean? She doesn't fit into any of the categories that we have laid out. And that's who we want here. We want all the people's. Again, we don't have to agree on everything, but just the basics we 100% need to agree on. But you have to tell them the why. Why is it a bad idea? That's all. Uh, Mike, Clover, anything you guys want to follow up on or elaborate on? I'm good, brother. All right, Clove, anything with you? I ain't following Tony. No way. <laughs> That's why I did that. <laughs> I might not be the smartest man, but I'm smarter than that guy. I know not to follow him. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to attempt to follow him, but I'm not going to go down that road. I'm just going to sit there and say, thanks, everyone. We had uh, Yehuda Raymer, the Pew Pew Jews out here. Uh, Rolo and Joe from the Locked and Loaded Latinos were here. Go check them out. Uh, Mike with Budget Guns and Gear Reviews. Clover Tech's here. Tony with Diversity Shoot. Two-Way for Everyone. And about 11,000 other amazing projects that he's working on. Please go check all of them out. Um, I'm going to spend the next 45 minutes getting in the description all of their links. So check the description here in a little bit if you're watching live. If you're watching a replay, I've already done it. So go ahead and check the description. You'll have links to all of their stuff and all of that. Um, thank you for everyone watching. We're, we're, we're two and a half hours, and we still got over 20 people right now. Uh, why? I don't know. They, they, they're they crazy. I don't, who knows? But thank you so much for all of the great people out there in the live chat tonight. It was a great conversation. If you've made it this far in replay or in podcast form, God bless you. Uh, two and a half hours. But this was one that I probably you could listen to pretty easily for two and a half hours. Great conversation. If you have any questions or comments or questions for any of the panelists, utilize the com uh, the comment section below. We'll get the questions to them. We'll get all of that stuff. So uh, thank you so much for watching. We will see you soon. Make sure you get out there and um, leave your comments for ATF for the stabilize- stabilizing braces and the redefinition of uh, a receiver and all of that. Get out there. Someone said out there in the chat, and I, I hadn't looked at the number, but someone said there's only 15,000 comments on the stabilizing braces. That needs to be a million times more. Um, get out there. Leave your comments. Remember, you don't have to leave just one. You can leave as many as you want, as many as you want. Clover, before we leave, Clover turned me on to a channel today. It's in his community tab. Go check it out. Off the top of my head, I can't remember it. Clover, do you want to um, talk about this channel real quick? Because I think it's a valuable channel to listen to right now. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I go that far, but it's certainly. I think it, is. I think, certainly, I think it brings satire to uh, a point that needs to be made, though. Yes, yeah, it's, it's certainly entertaining. I don't know how 
we were talking about the difference between gun tubers and two A people, and I'm not real sure that he's not just doing the cartoons for views and all of that. But I do think they have some value, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's called Firearms Unknown, I believe. He's let got me, some cartoons that are great. Um, dang it, let me let me see if I can get my my channel and my thing up, and I'll and I can link it out there in the chat too when okay. I find it. Um, only take me a second because it's right here. It is called Firearms Unknown. Is exactly what it's called. So, yeah, go check that out if you want to, and I'll drop. He's got, uh, some, he's got some cartoons. Though. There's one about. There's not very many. There's not much Sorry. stuff on it. There's not much stuff on his yeah. channel. But the yeah. three or so he's got having to do with the ATF and firearms is is pretty funny. It's, it's pretty. It's stats higher. It's smart alecky. But the the one yeah. that if you've got a few minutes, the one that. There, the ATF explains guns to the NRA. You're going to literally laugh out loud. It is hilarious what they've done. Is uh, that the one with the tech guy, or was that the one yes, with Congress? The tech guy, yes, the yeah, tech oh guy. My God, yeah. uh, it's it's wonderful, but it's, it's it's satire. It's funny, but the points they're making, you always sit there and say, yeah. I mean, he's dead on. So it, it's 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 fun. It's a fun channel and all that. But yeah, thanks again, guys, for watching. We'll see you soon. Get out there, send your comments in, tell other people, start conversations just like we've talked about tonight, and get them to the range. We think that if we pull a trigger in a safe, fun way, maybe we convert them into allies. So thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you soon. Simplify.